Welcome back to the Rediscover the 80s podcast and another episode of Rank'em, the show that counts down your favorite pop culture items from the 80s. I am your host, Jason Gross, and for this show, we are giving you a special extended episode, which we will tell you about in a few minutes. But first, I'm very proud to welcome back to the podcast a guest who has ranked movies with me for the last couple years. Mr. Chaddy Young of HorrorMovieBarbecue.com. How are you, Chad? I'm doing great. For the ones that can't uh, see me right now, I'm playing with a little Batman figure. I'm doing <laughs> great, Jason. How are you? I'm doing fine. A little precursor maybe to, uh, to our lists tonight. Well, perhaps. Maybe. We are... Uh, we're bringing you an extended edition of Brankum because looking at the movies for 1989, I just found it impossible to pick five. And there's just so many. I mean, my initial list, I think I picked like 28. I don't know about I you. That. I but I decided, I, oh, let's just do 10. We'll, we'll do 10 tonight, yeah. and uh, we'll have 18 in our uh, <laughs> honorable mentions. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and I'm sure that there's going to be plenty, like, overlapping, because, like you said, there's it, just so many that are here. And... How do you just pick like? Because I, I think originally we were talking about five. How do you just, yeah, no, you know, cut it down to five? Yeah, and really, my top ten. There's some that I could move up and down the list at any given point, just depending mm-hmm. on what mood I'm in. Sure. And the last time that I've seen them, you know, because I've seen most of these many, many, many times. And I was just trying to remember: is there a year that? can compare to 1989 and i've i really haven't gone back and you know we're gonna we're gonna come probably come back around to 1980 next year mm-hmm. and and start running through <laughs> uh, the decade that way but sure uh wow i just i don't know of a year that has this many movies that are just like in my favorites you know yeah so you know i've had this you know discussion with a couple friends and I, you know, there there are a lot of people that consider 1984 to be the greatest year mm-hmm. when it comes to movies, and I'm not I'm not I'm not telling them they're wrong, but for me, like you just said, as far as favorite movies, 1989 gets it across the yeah. board. Yeah, you know? and I'll uh, and I'll get into that in a in, you know when we start getting sure. into it, but I mean, just the caliber of movies that came out, and you know the way these movies look, the soundtrack. Oh, there's so much about these yeah. movies that are just tremendous. Yeah. They made a, a larger impact than just at the box office, even though yes. the box office was huge. Oh and yeah. A lot of them extended to beyond that. And that's probably the reasons why I whittled them down to the 10 because of what other impacts <laughs> they had on me as well. But yeah, like right. you said, we'll get into that uh, in a little bit, but first mm-hmm. we like to give a little context and we had a lot of fun last time going through we're going to go through the top 10 at the box office to just so you guys know what the uh, the overall top movies were there. And then we'll go through some of the award winners at the Oscars and, of course, the Razzies, which we love to, to talk about. <laughs> so uh, let's just go through the top 10 of 1989. Coming at number 10 was Dead Poets Society at $95 million. I think it's funny just looking at these figures and how 
every big budget movie nowadays, their budget is higher than what they grossed at the box <laughs> office this year. It's crazy. Yeah, but anyway, great movie, Robin Williams. Uh, number nine was Parenthood. That's uh, Steve Martin. That was just over $100 million. Number eight, Driving Miss Daisy, 106. Wow. That's 89? Yep, that was a, uh, a pretty big wow. year. We'll get, we'll get to that uh, yeah. in, a, in the awards, because, uh, yeah, that oh, took yeah. home uh, a lot of awards, actually, in 1990, which was, mm-hmm. you know, all the 89 movies. Uh, number seven, Ghostbusters 2 at 112. I kind of thought that was going to be higher. Honestly, and, go yeah, ahead. I mean, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it later. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, it surprises me that it's even on that list. I got to be 100% honest with you. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, number six, Back to the Future Part 2, $118 million. Then your top five, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids at 130. Look Who's Talking, 140. Then we've got Lethal Weapon 2. There's a lot of uh, sequels this year as well yep. that were in the top. Yep. Uh, 147, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade at number two with 197. And then the, uh, the overall winner for 1989 was, of course, Batman. At two hundred and fifty-one million. Yep, still the champ. Still the so, champ. So uh, that's <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll obviously get into that too. But uh, the uh, Academy Awards for this year, which obviously we're I'm looking at the nineteen ninety Academy Awards. Driving Miss Daisy took home Best Picture. I have seen that movie like once, and I was like, okay, but I was like, I don't I don't know if it was just the the age I was at or whatever. I don't know. Have you watched Driving Miss Daisy? So I feel like I saw it as a kid, and like you know, it was probably one of those movies my mom rented, you know, one uh-huh. Sunday afternoon. I mean, obviously, it's not my favorite movie in the world, but <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, I do remember Morgan Freeman and how great he was, and was it Jessica Tandy? I think that's correct. Yep. As Miss Daisy. Oh yeah. my gosh, why do I remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember my mom's birthday, but I remember that Jessica Tan <laughs> driving Miss Daisy. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, she won the best actress that year. Um, I believe that. I believe that. The uh, the best actor, and this, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is like the, what, Glenn Close? The, the male Glenn Close? He could, you know, they could uh, film a documentary of him farting, and he would be nominated for, you know. An, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but he won that year for a movie called My Left Foot. I looked it up. It, I've never I had never heard of it before, but it was about a uh, like a paraplegic that could only use his feet and was like doing paintings and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, he won. It definitely uh, sounds like an Academy, you know, award winner. Right, right, right. Best director Oliver Stone, born on the Fourth of July. I was trying to remember if I've seen that, but I don't. I don't think I have. You, you, what you meant to say was Tim Burton for Batman, right? I, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I had, yeah, I had no. wrote that down, then I penciled in, yeah, Tim Burton. <laughs> uh, best supporting actor, Denzel Washington and Glory. I have seen that with uh, Matthew Broderick. I feel that's like a, I saw that. A pretty good movie. My, my, my family was always into war films because my dad was a veteran. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of like the, like, um, 
Glory. What was the other one? Um, Platoon, for yeah. some reason, was kind of popular in my household, which is very strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, my brother loved Platoon. So, like, those kind of movies, yeah. you know, we, we would see. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it definitely deserves it. A few more. Brenda Fricker was the best supporting actress. She played alongside uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot. Uh, best original song, Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. I can see that winning. Yeah. I'm not sure what the other nominees were. I didn't look those up. but Was Bobby Brown nominated for Ghostbusters too? <laughs> I don't believe so. Well, then, I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah, yeah what, everything else. what in the world do they know? Oh, uh, best visual effects, The Abyss. Have you seen The Abyss? I got to be honest, that's one movie that just kind of just always fell by my wayside. I, I never yeah. really saw it. No. I, I think maybe I watched it once on cable or something. It was one I've never remember going out and renting or, or really sitting down to watch. Yeah. Uh, weirdly enough, though, I just picked up there's a, a two part comic book adaptation of the movie. And I picked up the first book uh, just on a whim. So I might have to go back and uh, and revisit it just to see what it's like, wow. uh, and see if it holds up. All Is right, it's Marvel. It's gosh, can't remember. Can't I feel remember like yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, all right, let's get on to the Razzies. Oh dear. Worst picture, Star Trek Five: The Final Frontier. Wait, what? That's the worst movie of 1989. Yeah, according to the Raspberries, yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. And the worst actor went to William Shatner in The Final Frontier. Well, well I mean. Now, I got to say, I am not the hugest Star Trek fan. I'm, I, I, I barely call myself a fan. But right. when I have watched Star Trek, it's mainly been the movies. And I, I don't know. I've never really sat through a Star Trek movie and been totally turned off from it. Mm-hmm. that I would put it up for a worse picture. And and Star Trek fans might be screaming at me, this is the worst one of the bunch. What are you talking about? I, you know, I, I don't, re- I don't haven't watched the, the films recently right. enough to critique this one in the series, but I don't know. Is this the, the one with the whales or they're like, or is this the one where they're like looking for God or whatever? I cannot remember. It's Star Trek five. Yeah. Oh my the final frontier. Um, worst actress went to Heather Locklear in Return of the Swamp Thing. That's a great movie, by the way. So screw <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, worst supporting actor Christopher Atkins in Listen to Me. Now Christopher Atkins, okay. I had to click on him. He is the little blonde, uh, curly-haired guy that was in uh, the Blue Lagoon mm-hmm. with Brooke Shields. Mm-hmm. Which coincidentally is the worst supporting actress of 1989 for Speed Zone, which is like Cannonball Run Three. Uh, so I thought it was funny that they they both got the award. Oh, the worst I bet. supporting actor. I'm sure that gets brought up when they whenever they get uh, whenever they start hanging out. <laughs> um, worst director. They are going after uh, Kirk here, William Shatner. Oh, here. And the final frontier. Oh my gosh! And then uh, this one, uh, this one might be a personal shot at you, Chad. And I Is apologize. It no 
The worst original song, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, from A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, by Bruce well, Dickinson. Not the Bruce Dickinson. Right. But the, the, Bruce. the, the lead singer I, of Iron Maiden, yes. Honey, it's getting close to midnight, and all the myths are still in town. True love and lipstick on your linen. Thoughts on that? You know, I'm a big fan of Iron Maiden. Um, <clears throat> not their best song. I'll let them have that. <laughs> That's all I'll <laughs> say. I'll let them have that. It's not their best song. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny, too. They also nominated Cool Mo D from that same soundtrack. Wait a minute. Time out. Wait, wait, wait. Was that um, Jack? the return of Jack the Ripper? Let's let's go is the name let's of the Let's go. Thank you. Okay. I'm a brainiac. You came back with a stone cold plan attack. Your rhymes are weak whack. How can you speak that? You need to sneak back to the torn boy, Jack. The ripper down with my zipper. You get paid to be a Modi tipster. Oh. Trying to knock the way I rock it off my jock. I'ma knock you out the box. Let's go. Go, 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 go. Let's go. Go, 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 That one I would actually argue because that was a pretty... I gotta say, out of all the Nightmare on Elm Street soundtracks, that one's actually my favorite. Wow. The, the Razzies can go... I, I agree with everything the Razzies have said so far, but now that you just Google off. <laughs> <laughs> all well, right. That's okay. <laughs> well, that's all, the, uh, that's all the awards that I've got for 89. Just a reminder out there for everybody, our ground rules. You know, these are lists we're going to come up with tonight. These are our personal favorites. Mm-hmm. These aren't uh, anything that we think should be number one, you know, have to be on the list because it was, you know, at the top of the box office, which might be the case in, in our list tonight. But sure. we are owning these lists as our personal favorites, the ones we've seen the most and cherished the most. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. And, you know, we haven't had many crossover at this point on our list, Chad, which has been great. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling we're going to tonight. So... Let's. Yes. What we'll do is we'll pass on like commenting on the movie until it appears on our list. So in case okay. I put you know Batman at number eight and you have it at number three, uh-huh. we'll just have you wait to comment on your as it comes on your list, and so okay. we can like so we don't have, so we're not like covering the same ground twice basically. Oh, I like that. So, okay, but you are the guest, so I'm giving you the floor first. Oh. What is your number ten pick for 1989? Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard of a guy named Freddy Krueger? I I have. I think. Okay. Do you, of he course lives the guy on Main Street. Them. Is it? Yes, Main Street. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Nightmare on Bad Dream on Main Street. Essentially, is the movie. The man who plays him, uh, Robert England, who is obviously you know every horror fan's favorite person in the world. He actually decided that he was going to try and direct a movie, and. He gave it a shot, and uh, he gave us a movie about a killer hotline, a 976 uh, number, and he gave us 976 Evil. From 
the mind of Robert England, alias Freddy Krueger, comes his first directorial movie. A movie that relives a nightmare. What's up, Chuck? Let him go! The powers of darkness have returned. Returned to haunt the living. Don't worry about others who damage your pride. They'll soon regret it. To capture their souls. A real man has the nerves to take what he deserves. What did you do, you stupid kid? The souls of the innocent are his. I did it for you, Spike! Someday soon, you're gonna be down here and I'm gonna spit on you. Yeah, when hell freezes over, asshole. value your life, I suggest you leave me alone. Are you ready? I'm ready. Take it. You're too late, Palmer. You just don't! You just don't end. Robert England's 976 Evil. Have you ever seen this? <laughs> have not. Nope. Oh, Jason. <laughs> oh, Jason. This Honestly, was the uh, this was the peak of the you know hotlines that was. you could call. So that it makes was. sense at least. And it, you know it's a it's a pretty clever idea. It's like um, you know they 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 took the kid from um, from Fright Night. Oh, I can't remember. I, I'm not a big fan of that movie, so it's 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 bothering me that I can't think of it. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Stephen Jeffries, and he plays a kid that you know is picked on and bullied, and this <laughs> this hotline that he calls gives him like satanic powers. It's like every bad idea for a music video came to life, and Robert England just said, "Hey, let's turn it into a movie." But Jason, this movie is so ridiculously '80s. From the music, the imagery, the the idea of a of a hotline, it, this movie is one of those movies that I used to rent on video a whole heck of a lot, and then I got it on DVD. Then I got it on, you know, I just picked up the Blu-ray not too long ago, and it's so corny, and a lot of people don't like it, but it's it's a video store classic for me because it just sums everything up about how much fun you can have with a horror movie and yeah, how ridiculous it can get. But you know, the, the gimmick is, is pretty cool of, you know, a, a hotline giving you, you know, satanic power. <laughs> I feel like if they were to do that now, they'd probably do it with like, you know, social media or something, but <laughs> it's fun. It's a, it's a corny horror movie, but it's so much fun. Satan friended me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could probably do that. <laughs> I mean, you oh, and me my. probably wouldn't uh, accept the, um, the the friend request, but I'm, you know. <laughs> well, they can do would, God friended you... me. They can do, you know. Yeah, the sure. Devil. Why hey, not? <laughs> All right, uh, we'll move on to my number ten pick. Um, easily my favorite baseball movie, possibly the my favorite sports movie in general, and it was close because there's two great. 
baseball movies in 89. One, and I, ha- I only picked one for my list. So I went with Field of Dreams. Oh, wow. Kevin Costner. I have just created something totally illogical. That's what I like about it. in my life there's a reason go the distance did you hear the voice too did you hear it go the distance yes our grave is dead he died in 1972 are you moonlight graham no one's called me moonlight graham in 50 years unbelievable it's more than that it's perfect you build a baseball field in the middle of nowhere and you sit here and you stare at nothing this field this game it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Kevin Costner, Amy Madigan, James Earl Jones, Ray Liotta, Burt Lancaster. Sometimes, when you believe the impossible, the incredible comes true. Field of Dreams. I just remember any time it was on cable, I was just sucked in and I had to watch. And it's just, I don't know. It's not like a, you know, it's more of a drama. It's kind of slow at some points, you would say. But I don't know what it is. It was just a a, a fun little kind of ghost story being told Uh and uh, very well filmed. Uh, The actors, the, the whole cast was great. James Earl Jones. Uh, Ray Liotta, you know, uh, even, you know, how the uh, the person they picked for his dad, uh, I don't know, it, they just all seem to kind of fit, even down to uh, little Karen, the girl, you know, that falls off the bleachers with the hot dog in her mouth. I, I don't know. I just liked it and the fact that it's a ghost story. It's on my bucket list. I'm going to go to Iowa someday and walk through that freaking corn if I <laughs> can. I will if it still exists. <laughs> I've, I'm, I've, I've got to imagine it's us. Um, now they were out there for the I think 25th <laughs> anniversary. I remember seeing a story, and uh, Kevin Costner was out there playing catch with his son. Oh, so wow. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it still exists, and I'm going to have to visit it someday. But it's, it's, it's such a great movie, and I just every time, like I said, every time it's on, I had to put it on. And uh, when baseball season starts coming around, which is just about that time, I start putting on those baseball movies. I, I've got to watch it first. So what's your thoughts on Field of Dreams? 
I got to be honest. I saw it once when I was a kid. It's again like Miss um, Daisy. I, I feel like I saw it. Maybe it was even later, you know, in like in like syndication or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do remember seeing it, you know, and I thought it was good, you know, just positive movie, you know, just a, it was a pretty good drama. I'll definitely give you that. But, you know, I, I don't I don't have I don't really have a lot to say. Yeah, it's a good movie, though. Great. Didn't, movie. didn't have uh, Willie Mays Hayes in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was you knew where I was expecting that. Yes. I was expecting that or Bull, or, uh, Bull Durham. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. What's your number nine pick? All right. My number nine. I've got a little list here. Um, <laughs> my number nine is a pretty controversial one. And uh, Corey Chapman, our buddy from the Chap Report, and uh, Pax, Pax and Holly, they're not the biggest fans of this pick. It's Karate Kid Part 3. The time has come when a student must question. I know you don't believe in fighting, but this isn't exactly fighting, you know? Not exactly ping pong either. When a teacher must let go. Yagi always train you, but for tournament, cannot. When a conspiracy is planned. You said that if I beat this LaRusso kid in the All Valley Tournament, that you'd give me 25% of your new dojo. When a trap is set. You know how to front sweep? Uh, not really. Do you know how to sweep? Of course. Or like this. Then, left the side. It's right. no joke. I need your title. You don't enter? That affects my financial future, Daniel. Get it? You think you can rely on that crane crap? Last time you weren't fighting this. Mr. Miyagi loves you. He has faith in you. This guy wants to break you. Humiliate you. Stomp you into the ground. Yes! I'm sorry if you don't like it, but I got problems, and if you're not going to be part of the solution, don't give me a hard time about it. Now, the man must make a choice, and the kid must become a man. You are going to defend. You're getting in that ring. What am I doing? First he suffers. Then he suffers some more. Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, a John G. Avelson film, The Karate Kid, Part 3. My favorite um, of the Karate Kid sequels, just because I, when I was a kid, you know, and we, I, A, again, Karate Kid was huge in my household. I dressed mm-hmm. like uh, Daniel for one of my early uh, Halloweens. There's a, there's a picture of me floating around somewhere. But... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I love this movie because it's so ridiculous, and Terry Silver is just such a ham. Oh my gosh, I love it, and I, I love, I love that they continued the story of the first one. You know, and they briefly right. touched on it. You know, continuing it in the second one, I wasn't as big a fan as the second of of the second movie. This one, with the exception of like the bonsai tree uh, scene on the side of the mountain, I, I, I love this movie. It's just I feel like it's a little bit more entertaining than the second one. Cause the second one is a little bit more emotional and, you know, yeah. a little bit more yeah. dramatic. Whereas this one just a little bit more sillier. Yeah. Now listen to me. If uh, Corey and Pax ever meet you in a dark alley, I have got your back a hundred percent on this one Excellent. because I like this one way, way, way more than the second one as well. I remember watching this in the theater I've watched oh, wow. several of these in the theater tonight on the list. Did not. It was one of the first ones out um, mm-hmm. on my list, and I loved it too. I loved it that they, you know, they brought back uh, Crease, and yes. I mean, it was 
so what they think it's like cheesy, too cheesy for Karate Kid or something. Is that the criticism that, of it? I, I I think that that's that was Corey's argument. I I I know that Pax kind of uh, I know that he kind of acknowledges how cheesy and silly it is. Um, what are you going to rely on that crane crap? I mean, yeah, exactly. There's so many great <laughs> lines in the movie. Um, there, there, there's, there's a lot of lines that I, I don't think you can repeat. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, I don't know. I liked it. I, 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 you kind of feel like as a kid, you're watching this and you kind of feel Daniel's pain mm-hmm. when he's putting him through this torture of just bloody knuckles. You know, Mr. Miyagi has that, you know, healing, <laughs> He's got the healing touch and the powder, the little whatever he makes, you know, to, to make Daniel feel better the next day. Uh, and he's soaking his, you know, hands and elbows and legs. And he should have just, you know, poured this in a hot tub somewhere and had Daniel Pretty soak, much. you know, for 12 hours. But, uh, you know, even past all that, as a kid, I saw no flaws with this movie as a kid. And I loved it way more than the second mm-hmm. one. And I was a oh, huge yeah. Credit Kid fan, so oh yeah, I got oh, your yeah. back on this one, hundred percent, Chad. <laughs> they just released a two pack on uh, Blu-ray of this and the movie that followed it that doesn't exist. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and the one beyond that, yeah. I, you know what? I'm just gonna say this: I never saw the remake. I truly can't. I can't. I can't really comment on it. it yeah, it is one. It is one that I will never watch. Just put okay. it that way. Fair, fair, um, fair. We'll not watch that remake. All right, uh, let's keep moving here. Number nine for me. This was one that uh, I saw probably in my high school years, early 90s first, and I believe my buddy Wyatt recorded it off of HBO because uh, it was definitely not edited. And it was really my true introduction, probably my introduction to... Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. That is see no evil, hear no evil. Why do you feel you have to pass with someone with 20-20 vision when you're blind? I don't feel I have to pass. Yes, you do. Just like if you were trying to pass for white. You mean I'm not white? Oh, sit down. It feels like it. (laughs) Ah! You're blind. Yes, I'm blind. I have no idea. I'm sorry. You're really blind? Yes. What are you, deaf? Yes, I'm deaf. How do you know what I'm saying? Because I'm reading your lips. Oh, Wally, there's a gun here. Don't touch it. Ah! Get rid of it. The deaf guy, he's not so sure about the woman. And the blind guy, he heard the shot. The hell is he talking about? He reads lips. You're talking too fast. Was there or wasn't there a woman? Are you serious? Oh, Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman? Are you with me or not? No! Oh, Wally! What the? What was the fool? Stop coming. Not if it's funny. A good comedy, as you call it, is worth its weight in gold. I think we should kill them. Don't guide me. They're looking for a blind guy and a deaf guy. Stamp your feet. I'll follow the sound. I feel ridiculous. You look fine to me. Is that somebody shooting at us? This guy's blind as a bat. Oh, watch your step. What's the matter with you? I don't know what you're looking for. But it's a little to the right. I'm gonna give you the first hit. Now come on. Yeah. Aim for 12 o'clock, aim for 12. Oh. Oh. 11 o'clock. Oh. We should hang out like this more often. 
We're not up high, are we? No, we're just a few feet off the ground. Oh! See no evil, hear no evil. Now on video cassette. I can't tell you how many times we watched this movie, dude. We watched it so many times. We still throw lines at each other today. Uh, and again, most of which I cannot repeat on this show since it's a family-friendly show. <laughs> but, you know, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder at their best. Richard is uh, blind. Gene is deaf. And there's all of this little story they put together. Uh, Kevin Spacey is part of it. Kevin Spacey's uh, in that? Yes. He plays this English man that's part of the the bad guys. Um, and oh. Joan Severance. Holy cow, Joan Severance. I'm just going to have to stop there. Yep. But uh, <laughs> I I love this movie so much as a, as a high schooler. And it was just fun. And I wasn't used to that much cussing and, and you know, everything that they got away <laughs> with in the movies. I, I just didn't watch a lot of R-rated stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I did a couple movies. I, I think I've said on the show before. My two first R-rated movies were Major League uh-huh. and uh, Predator. <laughs> and uh-huh. I saw them in probably 1989, <laughs> which I was only 13 years old. So <laughs> Predator scared the crap out of me, and Major League like opened my eyes wide. And this movie did a little bit wider. But there's just so much you know, fun little antics in this movie. It is a bit ridiculous at times. But you know, when they're out driving that cop car and it, trying to... Tell them which way to go, and uh, there's just so much just classic Wilder Pryor moments in that movie, and it's my favorite by far of, you know, I think they did four movies, three, three or four movies together. They did Blazing Saddles, they did, is it Blue Streak, Silver Streak, something like that? Silver Streak. Was that the train? Pryor one? wasn't in, Bra- I don't think he was in Blazing Saddles. Um, no, oh my gosh, no, that was Cleavon Little. Um, oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, I I, I I couldn't name the other ones right now, but anyway, have you seen the movie? Have you seen Seen the Weevil? Oh, I've seen parts of it. Uh, um, oh my gosh! I I could just I could watch it now and still tears would be rolling by the time I was done with it. So great. Was, was there a scene where they're, like they're getting interrogated and like and someone's yelling at like Gene Wilder? Yeah, no, someone's yelling. The, like, the, the the scene is the the captain is asking uh there's there's a murder that takes place and they're both there so prior heard it and wilder seen it and they're trying to put it all together and the captain says was there a woman present and richard Pryor's like i smelled a woman but i didn't see a woman and, <laughs> and then he's he gets so like ticked off and then he just yells at uh gene wilder was there a woman present and he's like Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman, you know, <laughs> totally, you know, misinterprets trying to read his lips, you know, and that whole scene where they're like, uh, taken to jail and they're trying to take their picture. <laughs> hey, face front. And Wilder looks forward to for them to take the picture. And then he looks over and says something, take the picture. Of course they miss it. No, stop face front. Well, she made up her mind and it goes back and forth. And the lady taking the picture just finally throws out a bunch of the and it's, it's hilarious. 
Anyway, I could uh, I could go into that movie. I could do a whole podcast on that movie, but it's uh, it was so great. great I feel content. like if that's if they were to do that today, that would be a uh, like maybe a Kevin Hart and The Rock. Yeah, that, yeah. that well Kevin Hart and Paul Rudd or something. I don't know oh, something like oh that. <laughs> yes, now I want that to happen. <laughs> All right, what's your number eight? Let's keep moving. Okay, number eight. Did you were you a fan of Weird Al? I mean, yes. Okay. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Guns don't kill people. I do. Channel sixty two has the lowest ratings in the history of television. What they need is a new station manager. No, not him. Forget it. No way. A man of action. <laughs> a man of courage. A man of vision. What's your name? Billy. Billy what? What they get is a man so desperate, he'll put anyone on the air. Hey, Stanley. Yeah, George? How would you like your own TV show? Okay. You get the drink from the fire hose! Okay, you ready? Yeah! Open wide! He's Conan, the librarian. Today, we're teaching poodles how to fly. We beat up the networks. George Newman, he starts where the others stop. We're the number one station in town. Ah! Orion Pictures presents Weird Al Yankovic in UHF, the movie. I don't really know how to set this one up, but UHF <laughs> is one of the craziest movies I've ever seen in my entire life because there's really no purpose. No point, no plot, oh, no anything really, right? It's just Weird Al. It's a Weird Al movie. Like, I don't know how I, if someone, I've 30 years later and I still can't explain this movie. I, I have nothing. I I'm just like if you if you're if you like Weird Al, you're gonna like this movie. Just please believe me. <laughs> and you know th- this movie is. I mean, obviously it does have a plot. It's about you know Weird Al becomes the uh, station manager of a failing UHF station, and you know Kevin McCarthy runs the big you know station downtown, and it turns into a war. And, you know, they have to raise money to save the UHF station. So they do a bunch of crazy TV shows. And, uh, you know, they they do a a Weird Al music video in the middle of the movie (laughs) when he falls asleep. And it's like, this movie is just absolutely crazy. You know, and then you look at the cast. It had, uh, you know, Kevin, like I said, Kevin McCarthy, you know, who's who's uh, known for a lot of, you know, he was... um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers in the 1950s, uh, and he did a lot of horror movies and a lot of B movies. Fran Drescher was in it. I believe that's pro- one of her first movies. I could be wrong. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. She was in. Um, she was in uh, Cadillac Man. Okay, Cadillac Man. I, that was. Uh... Had, I was gonna say she was in Hollywood Nights with Tony Danza and Robert Wool. I don't think she was in that though. I, I could be wrong. I'll watch anything Robert Wool's in. 
But this movie is just so insane. And I got to tell you, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny bit that gets me every time because they have a lot of big, memorable gags. But there's a (laughs) there's a scene. Michael Richards plays the janitor and the big and the um, the rival station kidnaps him. (laughs) And (laughs) a bunch of ninjas save him. And bring him back on an army jeep. And the music that they're playing as they turn the corner just kills me every time. I swear it's just... A... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the corniest victory music you'll ever hear in your life. This whole movie is just one, you know, what the heck was that moment after another. Oh my gosh. What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> it's It's probably, I don't know, 15 years since I watched it. And I remember renting it. I remember it being ridiculous. And I was a fan of Weird Al. I didn't have a lot of his albums. I did have a couple as a as a kid. And he was, I don't know, he was kind of the cool kid music. All my friends seemed to like him, you know, as, as you're a kid. And that kind of grew out of me, I guess, a little bit as I got older. So I haven't gone back and, and watched it in years, years, years. Uh, I, the only thing I can really remember vividly is him as Rambo, you know, just all those, just those crazy things that they came up with was great, but that one sticks out in my mind. Oh my gosh. But, so yeah. yeah, that's, that's such a good one. And of course they did Conan the librarian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My friends and I one. still quote to this <laughs> very day. That's a good pick. I love that movie. All right. Good pick. Uh, Number eight. Got to get John Candy on this list. Number eight is Uncle Buck. Where do you live? The city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? I'm your dad's brother, all right. Russell had always been the black sheep of the family. I'm stunned that I'm related to you. Until one night. Buck, we have a problem with the kids. We're stuck for somebody to watch them. Oh, please, not that. Can we trust him? My brother, for God's sake. I won't let him get into that Satan stuff or any of the new chicks. I'll leave that for me. Wow. (laughs) I'm kidding, huh? Now, he's making them breakfast. Cigar? No, thanks. Making them lunch. And making them crazy. What did you do? He's irresistible. I want to ask you why I'm so attracted to you. I I wouldn't even guess at that. He's unbelievable. I'm Anita Horgar. I'm Buck Melanoma. Molly Russell's ward. He's Would you just let John Candy as Uncle Buck. What does he like to drink? I've been leaving the toilet seats up. Is that what the blue water is? It's not good for him, huh? Uncle Buck, the new comedy from John wow. Hughes. You have much more hair on your nose than my dad. Well, nice of you to notice. I'm a kid. That's my job. Coming soon to a theater near you. 
that was a staple uh, as far as renting goes for me in the 90s. I rented that all the time. I don't remember watching it earlier on or even in the theater, but I do remember renting that one a lot. Uh, so much to love about that one. So many great scenes, like classic John Candy scenes. You know, when he's cooking them breakfast with the snow shovel with the pancakes. Uh, <laughs> the whole, when he's looking for... Uh, when he's looking for the daughter, you know, and he's uh, at the party, they're playing, you know, uh, Bust a Move by Young MC and uh, just his, you know, going through that party and all the little gags, the car that backfires, you know, for a mile away, the uh, the clown that comes to the birthday oh, party. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. I love that scene. You get in your mouse and you get out of here. <laughs> How can you say that with a straight face? Um, <laughs> and he punches the thing. When he punches them, it makes that oh noise, you know? Oh, my gosh. Love that Does, scene. Doesn't he, like, fall to the ground and, like, pop back up? I He might. It was. It might have been, like, some kind of spring sound effect, too, or something. Oh uh, you know, the, the people at the bowling alley, the dude that flips the toothpick that has the, like, <laughs> knot in his lip, you know, from doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just love it. Uh, it. It's got, again, there's several of these comedies with John Candy where there is a, like a true serious moment. I, I don't know. It, those type of moments like kind of suck you in because you're laughing so much. And then you see him when he's going through like the wedding album and his picture <laughs> is folded over in their wedding album. Oh. And he kind of gets the reality kind of sets in. And, um, Oh man, I don't know. It's it's there's such a great like turn in this movie from you know the the uh, the daughter hating him and then kind of coming back around at the end after he goes after her. But um, gosh, I love Uncle Buck. Love Uncle Buck. Your thoughts? It's, I don't know what else I can say about that movie. Oh my gosh, the lines in that movie are incredible. The one that I always remember is um, when he's explaining to the one boy, he's like, do you know what a hatchet is? And he's like, isn't it like a knife? And he's like, yes, it is like a knife. It is like a knife. Very good. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I'd like to keep mine razor sharp. (laughs) Would you like me to show you? Here it is. Here it is. (laughs) He's like holding up and it's like shining in the moonlight, you know. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. And the other scene that I always remember is the little girl in in, – Obviously, I'll, I'll watch my language here, but um, when she's like doing show, uh, show and tell or something, and she says something like, "We have to wash our clothes in the in the microwave or, or the um the dishwasher." Dishwasher, yeah, yeah. And the, the teacher says, "Why?" And she's like, "Because wasn't it like the machine was blank blank broken?" And then he just screams yeah. blasphemer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's a quarter. Go get, uh, go downtown. Get a rat. Um, that scene. Oh my gosh! For years, that was like the most hilarious scene in any movie wow. to me. The whole molly molly molly, mo- you know. <laughs> 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 and when yeah, when he's like he, he goes to the school, and just that little scene where he goes to the bathroom and he has got to lean down in oh, the little gosh. urinal to go to the bathroom, uh, and he's smoking a cigar, you know. <laughs> there's no smoking in here um oh my gosh 
there's just so many good things in that movie. Uh, uh, Jackie, know, Jackie is the neighbor, you know, that comes over, right, surprises him. That's right, uh, she is. And the, and the uh, his Shanice, you know, his love interest is the same girl from Field of Dreams. Uh, can't remember her name. Not Jones uh, ever. Uh, the red haired, uh, the red haired lady. Um, anyway, it'll come to me in a minute. But um, oh my gosh, yeah, just a just a fun movie, and. Oh such a great so journey good. for a comedy for a comedy. Mm-hmm. So, all, all right. right, let's get on to number seven. Okay. I'm going to have to get a little prop here. So go for it. So this is going to be another sequel. And, you know, just a few years ago, we celebrated a very special day on the internet and, uh, it was back to the future today. Do you remember the future. You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Are we back? Future? October 21st, 2015. Marty, we're going to be able to see our wedding. Wow. The future. I got to check this out, Doc. Look what happened oh. to your son. <laughs> He's a complete wimp. Don't talk to anyone. You've been looking. Taylor! Don't touch anything. I need to borrow your hoverboard. Come on, come on, come on! Try not to look at anything. I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I can't lose. I invented a time machine to travel through time. Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? Now, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating an alternate 1985. There have been a few changes. It's like we're in hell or something. No, it's Hill Valley, although I can't imagine hell being much worse. But they'll all be back. Eat less, slackers! Biff? Hello? Hello, anybody home? Why they can't be you? You're so big. Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. Michael J. Fox. More like a couple of teenagers, you know? And Michael J. Fox. Mom, is that you? Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future. Gotta get back in time. Part 2. Coming November 22nd to theaters everywhere. And I actually have a USA Today to uh, commemorate Back to the Future Day. Um, Back to the Future 2 is my favorite of the entire series. And, you know, obviously I love that first one. That first movie is just tremendous. But... You know, growing up, I always liked the sequels more. And, you know, you're kind of going to see that that's a little trend going on. Um, Back to the Future 2 was a little bit more futuristic. It it had a great image of the future. You know, Biff was the main villain. And, you know, it, it just... There was so much going on in that movie that I don't know how to explain it. It just... I loved everything about that movie. 
even if it didn't have Huey Lewis, which I think would have made the movie even better. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I know a lot of people that, you know, prefer the first one over the second. That's fine. That's fine. But this one I always liked more. You know, I loved the, the depiction, like I said, of Biff, you know, being this, you know, crazed maniac millionaire and then I, I always loved the way they made everything look so futuristic like even down to the pepsi uh perfect bottle <laughs> yeah. which on back to the future day i drove myself absolutely insane trying to get and i still can't get one but i love that 80s yeah. cafe i love the uh you know the way they made the the the, the house look and the cars and everything about this movie just it's more visual it feels larger than the first one Yep. And I'm sure that they didn't plan on making more, but I'm really glad they did. <laughs> well, I'll, I'm going to get into it more later, but I'll okay. tell you, Back to the Future 2 was probably the most anticipated movie for me in my childhood. Because, oh, wow. you, you know, number one ends with the car flying off and to be continued. Uh-huh. And we waited five long or four long years <laughs> For it to happen, I'm so glad they shot like number two and number three like back to back, so they came sure. out pretty quick. I thought that was a great plan. That is a good uh, idea. Didn't you know? Not at the time, but I, I had no idea. I was clueless. But oh my gosh, it was it was very very highly anticipated for me, waiting for that to come out, and I was definitely not disappointed. We'll just put it that mm-hmm. way until I get more into it. But oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah, the whole just the just the thought of the future and the way they depicted it was great. And mm. now it looks ridiculous, <laughs> you know, flying oh, cars. And sure. here we are at the you know past the point in the the time that they go there. But uh, it's true. <laughs> uh, they're still using fax machines, and you know, but it You're just fired. think just think how fun that would have been in that room with Zemeckis and and Bob Gale and all of them guys oh. trying to come up with. What is the future going to be like, you know, in 25 years? What is it going to be like? And just imagine trying to come up with that stuff. And, you know, obviously they got a few things right. A few things were wrong. But at the time, I thought it was great. And it's just fun. You know what the best part about this is? uh, And I think I told this story on a previous episode where you and I were doing these. My mom, when when the DVD came out, I, I know I've t- told this story so many times, but forget it. You know, um, when the DVD came out in 2002, 2003, whatever, I, I got it. My mom and I sat back and watched it. And, you know, she, she grew up in the 50s, so she loved the first one. And, you know, she loved, like, seeing a lot of the imagery. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I she had to explain what a hope chest was. I was like, what the hell is a hope chest? And she had to explain it. And then she explained, like, all the references. So, you know, we for three nights in a row, we would watch the Back to the Future movies. And I, I, I love that we got to do that. When the second one rolled around, it had been years since I've seen the second one, but I'm watching it. And there's one scene where I'm laughing hysterically. And my mom's like, why, why are you laughing? And my mo- I say, well, you know, that's Michael J. Fox playing the daughter. And she's like, oh, Chad, that's not Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at her I'm like, oh, my gosh, you don't even realize what you just said, do you? Wow. Oh, gosh, it was just. <laughs> yeah. 
that got a bit much to me. If there's one thing that I'd go back and say, cool back on was how many different characters he had to play. The, the son, the daughter, the grandfather, the, uh, the, uh, Irish descendant. And <laughs> uh, you know what? Let, let's put it out there. I don't think either of us are going to put it, uh, back to the future three on our 1990 list. No, no, I, I would not. But anyway, yeah. we'll get into, we'll get into my thoughts a little bit more. Uh, as we continue on uh number seven for me uh, this was not anticipated as much as i've watched this movie so i was uh well it's a part of a series and i didn't see the first one i probably saw this one before i saw the first one in its like original unedited version and it's police academy six An evil crime lord is getting inside information. We've suspected that there was a leak in this precinct. It could be anyone. Making us look like a bunch of fools. Now, Matt. Hightower. <laughs> Hooks. You can pick it up at the police impound yard. Boy! Callahan. <laughs> Tackleberry. You'll take the bus and like it now, mister. Jones. <laughs> Backler. Harris. Make my Christmas. Or Commandant Lazard. I know we shall soon triumph over our enemies. They love their work. And it shows. When it comes to in-flight service. And on-the-job safety. I have just the men for the job. They're the biggest wheels around. That was very exciting, wasn't it? Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. Police Academy 6. I watched that (laughs) thing so many times. I rented it so many times. It's my favorite of the entire series, even above the first one. Uh, and it's ridiculous, really? and it's awesome. It's over the top, but yet it's PG, if that even makes sense. My favorite characters were always Tackleberry, Jonesy, uh, Captain Harris. They were hitting on all cylinders in this movie with their characters. And it was just a, you know, a few of them in Hightower. It wasn't the whole crew. They weren't off you know, saving the city. It was them against this gang. And I loved the the gang was great. You know, there's that huge twist at the end. If you haven't seen it, just go watch it. But, mm. you know, the mayor, I love the mayor. He's the mastermind at the end of the movie, you know. Of course. Uh, anyway, it's got that great scene with Jonesy. I, I got to see him uh, this past year at uh, our local Comic Con. Oh, wow. He came. And... uh uh, he he performed and you know did all the the sound effects, but this is the movie that has him performing as Jimi Hendrix in this little club, <laughs> and you know that is I just, I just love that scene and love him doing Jimi Hendrix. If you ever watched Michael Winslow's stand up, <laughs> so great. Tackleberry at his very best. You know he's going up against this other guy that's like a sharpshooter, and they're in this warehouse and they're trying to one up each other. You know, there's a <laughs> a cat that knocks a, a tin can off the side of this thing, and they both shoot the. Uh, it was called like 
something with two O's and they shoot the center of the two O's in the can. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> and the guy takes out, you know, he shoots a pistol twice. He takes out an Uzi and makes a smiley face. And then Tackleberry <laughs> comes in with his M16 and makes ha- uh, have a nice day on the wall, you know, <laughs> when he shoots. Just stuff like that is just, I eat up so much uh, in this movie. And there's so many great quotable lines, uh, the criminals, and I, I, I don't know. I just love it. But yes, Police Academy 6, City Under Siege is my number seven pick. Where, where are you at with the Police Academy movies, Chad? Well, by the time I started growing up, it, uh, the, the Police Academy movies were kind of you know, on the way out. For me, my main exposure to the Police Academy uh, series was always the cartoon and the toys. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't see Police Academy, the first one, until I was probably, like, 16, maybe. Like, I, I mean, I, I had watched the TV show. I I had caught yeah, the TV show when they, um it was, like, done for, like, a season. Yeah, in like TV 97. series, yeah. Yeah, I caught that. I But uh, Police Academy was never really high on my list um, in terms of, like, comedies growing up just because i feel like by the time i was getting older the 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 humor especially in the early one maybe even the sequel was a little dated yeah and it, i mean even this one is i don't know it's almost centered around like kid humor you know they drive freaking bigfoot through new york city at the end of the movie you know um, and every kid is just screaming like oh my gosh i want to be in bigfoot just driving around crushing cars you I'm know, writing and, this down because I do want to see it just based oh off how gosh, silly dude. it sounds. It's it's so great. So, so, so great. If I were going to recommend any of them in the series, I'd be like, go watch number six. I love number six. I'll definitely right. give that a try. Let's keep going. What's your number okay. six on your list? We're going to be here a while. Oh, well. <laughs> Extended oh, edition, people. Extended, Extended edition. Extended edition. Number six, baby. So... I'm a pro wrestling fan, as so many people know me to be. Yeah, you already know where I'm going yes, with this. Yes. And in 1989, we were blessed with No Holds Barred, starring <laughs> Hulk Hogan and Zeus Tiny Lister. Hey! Are you looking for a little escape? <laughs> Want to see something this is you don't see every day? Are you ready for a whole new Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan is ripped. To the world, he's a hero. But to this man, he's history. Zeus. Stand back. Way back. Get ready for the battle no ropes can hold. No ring. No referee. No rules. Gentlemen, it's time. No holds barred. This is an unprecedented display of strength and determination. If I could give you an explanation of how excited 
as a kid I was for this, it, it, it just wouldn't do it justice. As a kid, I did like Hulk Hogan. But, I, I mean, I was a bigger Macho Man Randy Savage fan. And this movie is, look, Hulk Hogan's not a good actor. He's a good entertainer. He's a great talker. He's got, oh my gosh, the, the personality, the size of a planet. Not a very good actor, and he's very limited. Um, this movie is all about him playing a character named Rip, who wrestles for the network or something, and a competing network run by Kurt Fuller wants to buy him out, but he's not willing to budge. So they in, um, they get Zeus to take him down in a battle of the tough guys. And this movie... Oh, it's so amazingly bad, but it's... If you grew up in, like, the Hulkamania era, or you grew up in that time, this movie just... You, you remember where you were when you saw it first. You remember when they announced it, the trailer, the T you remember what a huge deal it is. And then you see it and you're just like, wow, that movie's terrible, <laughs> but it's so entertainingly bad. It's just everything about this movie's bad. Oh, but it's just so silly and fun to watch. It's very mindless. Um, and of course, as you mentioned earlier, Joan severance is in it. And, Holy cow. Holy yeah. cow. That woman was top just, of her game. Just knockout. But yeah, there's a lot of memorable lines in this movie. Like, what's that smell? Dookie. And like the guy craps his pants. And like, who who thought about a guy crapping his pants? And uh, I to pull the curtain back, I don't know if you've ever heard the story of how they got the ending of the movie. I have not. <sighs> so uh, the ending of the movie is, of course, Hulk Hogan defeating, you know, Zeus, Tiny Lester. And he punches him and like on the top of a balcony and he falls through this the middle of this this ring. It's probably like maybe 10, 15, 20 feet away. And the story goes that Hulk Hogan came up with that ending because him and Vince McMahon locked themselves in a hotel for 48 hours to try and get this done. And the script and gosh knows what else they came up with. But apparently Hulk Hogan was making a bowel movement when he came up with the ending of this movie. And that's straight from <laughs> the Hulkster himself, which <laughs> let's be fair. That kind of makes sense somehow. <laughs> That got posted last year, and I don't remember what website was the first one to run with that story. But oh, oh my boy. gosh! Oh my wow, god! Wow, that just that just tells a lot, I guess, about the movie. I remember watching this in the theater. I re- oh, I was a huge I, yes, I was a huge wrestling fan back in the day as a kid, yeah. and everything you said is a hundred percent true. I mean, if you were watching wrestling, if you were in that era of, of Hulkamania, this movie was, was hype. And I watched it in the theater. That scene where he falls through the wrestling ring just blew my mind. I was like, he went through the ring. How how can, how's that possible? That's the only thing I remember about the movie, dude. I don't think I've seen it since then, (laughs) but but back in the day, Back in the day, like, oh my gosh, yes. 
and later when uh, I would start watching more movies, mm-hmm. uh, my love for John Candy, Zeus is in, um, oh gosh, with Eugene Levy. Just left me. Armed and Dangerous. He's in Armed and Dangerous. He plays the security guard that like chases them in a couple scenes. Oh, wow. He's like this bodybuilder. Yeah, he's a bodybuilder. I can't remember. They're trying to get him information out of him. And then they, uh, they're just, <laughs> Candy is tooling with him. He like picks up their car at one point <laughs> as they're trying to get away. I'm going to kill you, Dooley. I'm going to kill you. He started running out. And, uh, I was like, that's Zeus, man. That's freaking Zeus in this movie. <laughs> but again, like I remember it being that impactful that I went to see it in the theater and that oh, wow. seeing him going through the wrestling ring. But I don't remember. I don't think I've ever watched it since then, dude. Can I be honest? I don't know who came up with this idea. WWE had the balls to put it on Blu-ray. <laughs> and I have the Blu-ray. It's one of the few Blu-rays I... <laughs> That true. It, it does not stay on my shelf for long because I'll end up watching it, and it also includes two matches. That, that okay? Because <laughs> Zeus, yeah, Zeus went into the WWF, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, and he was a part of two pay per views, and then when they, you know, because the movie didn't stay that long in the theater, they put it on pay per view. They added a steel cage match between Randy Savage and Zeus against Hogan and Brutus Beefcake. So they included the match if you ordered the movie. Mm-hmm. So and uh, Zeus at that time, like you wouldn't. Well, maybe if you got the right star to do that now, but you wouldn't really have a WWF produced movie, and then they're going to take the actor and put him in the ring because yeah. Tiny Lister, he was not a wrestler. He wasn't even really an athlete. Yeah, so he's more as just like a bodybuilder, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, and he looked fantastic. He, yeah, he, he was menacing to me. He scared the crap out of me as a kid. Yeah. But yeah, you know, other than literally like just hitting himself in the chest and like screaming, he couldn't really do much. with it, Okay. I can that. just coming full circle here. I can see you going to see Batman, the dark Knight, and screaming Zeus at the top of your lungs during that scene where they're out in the, uh, the boats, you in know, the, and they're, in, they're the in the in the dark night, yeah. And mm-hmm. he's got the thing, you know, he throws it out the window. I was like, it's Zeus, man, it's Zeus. He's returned. I, he's in a Batman I, movie. Yeah. <laughs> Had I seen it in the theater, because I actually said that because my friend, when the movie came out, uh-huh. got his hands on a DVD. I'm not proud of it, but he gave it to me and said, "You need to watch this this weekend." And that's actually what I said. I was like, wow, that's Zeus. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of things in that wow. sentence that I'm okay. just not proud of. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm not going to deny your pick there. It might be a little crazy, you know, in yeah. 2019. But <laughs> back you. in the day, it had the hype. No doubt about it. Oh, it certainly did. All right. Number six. I don't know how this is my number six movie. It should be way higher. There's just so many, uh, it's just so hard, man. So hard. But I'm not the biggest horror movie person at all. You know that by just doing these few podcasts with me on movies. (laughs) And this is more what I would call PG horror. Very vivid memory of watching it in the theater. The Burbs is my number six pick. Oh, my goodness. 
All Tom Hanks wanted was a quiet vacation at home. This is what I need, Carol. I, I need this. Welcome to Mayfield Place. A typical street in the burbs. Morning, Walter! Where nothing much ever happened. Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfield's lawn again. Until the Klopex moved in. Klopex? Klopex. Klopex. No one goes in, no one comes out. Neighbors from hell. It was a nice place to live. He said he thinks the Klopex are evil incarnate. Well, you're much too smart to fall for that, aren't you, honey? But now... Carol! You wouldn't want to visit there. Ray, this is Walter. No! The Burbs. I'm going over the fence, and I'm not coming back till I find a dead body. Ah! Ray, do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Ah! We found Walter! We got a real problem. I hit the gaslight, I'd run! I love this street. Tom Hanks. I think we are overreacting. No. The Burbs. It's one hell of a neighborhood. Hey, honey. I think we should move. That is not what I expected you to go with, but that's that's a pretty good pick. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love The Burbs so much. Tom Hanks. It's just a uh, it's just a fun movie. You know, Corey Feldman being Corey Feldman again. And you got Bruce Dern, the crazy, you know, soldier neighbor and his hot wife and Walter at the end of the street. And then the Klopex, you know, uh, and all the antics that goes along with just, you know, trying to figure out who they are. So many great lines in that movie that I use. It's seemingly on a weekly basis. You know, (laughs) somebody asked me if I if to do something, if I don't want to do it, I'd rather chew broken glass. I use that so much. (laughs) You don't even know. Rick, uh, Rick Ducommon, the uh, played uh, Ray's friend in the movie. Uh, See the one that uh, passed away. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So great. So, so great. And again, like I said, I'm not the biggest horror movie fan. So this is like as much as I'm I'm going to watch and be able to enjoy. And there's still like, you know, chainsaws coming through his house when he has that little dream sequence and he wakes up to Mr. Rogers the next morning, you know, I always love that <laughs> when he gets to Mr. Rogers and he's singing along with his orange juice. Um, but yeah, I, I, just, just a fun movie and, uh, it's on that edge of horror without being sure. horror. Yeah. <laughs> that even makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. Uh, what's your take on the burb? <laughs> You're not going to like it. I, I, I try. I, I think I saw this one way too late in life. Uh, I just saw it a couple years ago. I'm a big Joe Dante fan, but this one just, I don't know. I just didn't get into this one, but I have so many friends that like you, they just adore this movie. So like, even if I don't like it, I, I still respect it. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair enough. And yeah, me seeing it in the theater, you know, as a 13 year old and just latching onto it mm-hmm. is just a, you know, totally different experience than just seeing it a couple years ago. So I under, that's yeah. very understandable. Sure. But, um, oh my God, there's just so many great lines and I just love it to death. Uh, I do have to watch it at Halloween. And when I see it, um, like moving from streaming to streaming service, oh, Netflix uh-huh. has it now. I'll have to turn it on. 
Right. Um, I don't know how many times I've seen it. It's it's probably at least fifty. But I I don't know. I just love it. Carrie Fisher. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's just one of those movies that has has been with me since it came out in the theater. I love it. I love it. All right. But, uh, we have you ever? There was um, you know, because we just lost Dick Miller just mm-hmm. a little while ago. Yeah. Did you ever see the clip of Dick Miller yelling at Corey Feldman on set? No. Where Corey, it's like Corey. I guess they're pre- preparing for a scene. I think it's Corey. Tom Hanks, it's someone else. I can't remember who the fourth guy will, or the, the third guy was, but Dick Miller's over here. Corey's like dancing and singing and they're like trying to cut, you know, you know, they're trying to start giving them cues. And Dick Miller says to Corey Feldman, this is all behind the scenes stuff. And he's just like, cut it out. We're trying to do some effing acting. <laughs> it's just oh, like... Wow. <laughs> and he's in that movie for like a minute. Who, Dick he... Miller? Or yeah, no, he's like... Yeah, okay. He's like the uh, the garbage man, I think, that comes in uh, okay. after after the uh, after the whole scene where he mashes the the garbage at the end of the street when it's raining, and they go through <laughs> it the next morning. He's he's one of the garbage men that comes by. Oh, okay. So he was like in it for I don't know a minute, has sure. maybe a half a dozen lines, and he's like <laughs> trying to get Corey Feldman to act. That's that's hilarious. It- it's even better because it's just Corey Feldman being Corey Feldman on set. <laughs> this, this angry old man is just getting tired of Corey Feldman, which I wow. love. I love that idea. That's great. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> yes. I'll actually, I'll send it to you on Facebook. Okay. All right. We're up to our top five. We finally made it. What is your number five? You know, I really, I, I, cause I have them all written down on my phone. And like, as I look at it, I really feel like this, this one should be, higher than it is but it's still like it's top five you're it's okay right you and i grew up big fans of the first one again sequels but this one is by far my favorite of the ghostbusters series or two or three whatever whatever people consider this (laughs) ghostbuster universe it's ghostbusters 2 Says you guys are full of crap. And don't look good. A lot has happened since they saved the world. Hi, welcome back to World of the Psychic. I'm Peter Vick. Who is he these days? Peter? Well, he was borderline for a while. Then he crossed the border. <laughs> They've been put down. They think you're a fraud. I am a fraud. Put away. This in danger. We think they're seriously disturbed. And put on trial. I would have you burned at the stake. Face it. Ghostbusters doesn't exist. What will it take to make the world believe again? Ah, no! Have you been out on the street lately? Do you know how weird it is out there? The dead will rise. The Titanic just arrived. Better late than never. The demons will wake. Evil will flow. It's a river of slime! It's like pure concentrated evil. Evil? Treating other people like dirt is every New Yorker's God-given right. You ignorant, disgusting blob! This stuff responds to human emotional states. Oh, baby. But when the slime hits the wall... Who are you gonna call? Get me the Ghostbusters! You got him! Ghostbusters, yes, we're back. It's slime time. 
it's been a couple years since we used this stuff. I hope it still works. Happy New Year! Be fast and baby slow. Who you gonna call? Bill Murray. Don't put any of those old cheap moves on me. I have all new cheap moves. Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, and Ernie Hudson in an Ivan Reitman film. We're the best. We're the beautiful. We're the only. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 2. Who you gonna call? Suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. Now, this movie, when it was released, my my main exposure to Ghostbusters, again, I was six in 1989. People, give me a break. Um, my main exposure was the real Ghostbusters, the toys, the cartoon, all the, the crazy merchandising, and, of course, Ecto Cooler. But, you know, Ghostbusters 2 was very heavily inspired by the the real ghostbuster cartoon it was it was a little sillier it was a little bit more it was more like a science fiction horror movie than the first one was i always saw the first movie as more of a comedy than anything it just had really good effects and it had a great script this one was just more straight up fantasy and that's the thing i always loved about this movie it was just it was it was mindless. It was fun, and um, I, a lot of people have given me crap over the years for liking this more than I do the first one. But the fact is, and I will take this point to my to my grave: this movie didn't need to hire someone to rip off Huey Lewis to make good music. So take that, take that right in your face. I was about to curse. Um, I love everything about this movie, man. I, I love the marketing that was going into it. Do you remember the Hardy? Did you have Hardy's in your area? I did not have Hardy's in my area. So I <laughs> Gosh, missed all missed, that. Oh, you missed one of some of the greatest promotion ever. Oh, they had a, they had like slime. Um, they had a Slimer Sunday, which was just you know a, a soft serve ice cream with green bubblegum syrup. Oh, wow. I bubblegum. don't. I. I feel like my dad loved Hardee's and Roy Rogers more than he did like McDonald's and Burt and all that crap. And I want to say we had it. I can almost guarantee they also did like a kid's meal. They have cups. I have, I have a Ghostbusters cup around here somewhere. I was just looking at it, but they, they did a, a gigantic promotion for that. You know, we got Ecto Cooler because of it. You know, we got a, a lot of cool, fun stuff. And, you know, this is an example of not just the movie having an effect on me, but everything surrounding it. And we're we're obviously going to get into that in a little yeah. while with something else. But, you know, I, I just I always thought that this movie was much more entertaining than the first one. And it, whether it was the, the Statue of Liberty walking because of an, a Nintendo, um, so great, so great. Advantage. It's, it's, it's. I think people kind of took this movie a little too seriously, and when you look at the climate of the time and what was popular in movies, and the fact that this was inspired by a cartoon, a lot of it was. You can't really argue with me that this wasn't 
heavily, heavily influenced by the cartoon. Um, what what just came to mind? Just speaking of how it's just cartoon like, uh-huh. this the the two scenes that are some of my favorites in each of the movies is when the ghosts kind of come out or come to life. You know, yes. when they when they blow out the top of the fire station in the first movie and they start appearing in taxi cabs and stuff. And Slimer, <laughs> we see Slimer. I think he's at the hot dog stand in that one, or maybe that yes. was number two. No, uh, I think that. No, they could have. Yeah, I think that is part two. You know, and then this the slime comes out in this one, and you know everybody's acting all angry. The uh, the freaking Titanic comes in better late than never. You know, says uh, Cheech. Um, <laughs> so insane. That's right. I forgot Cheech was um, the, um, cameo. Yeah, and I love those uh, those ty- and even just Vigo. And oh, Vigo. Uh, you know, Gozer scared the crap out of me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the ghosts did. Uh, the the one at the library when she comes gets all crazy. Oh, yes, that yes. I could not watch that scene for years because I was so scared of that. Right. And then you know Zul and just all looking all crazy and crazy hot at the same time. But <laughs> Vigo, oh the painting. Holy oh cow, gosh. that scared the crap. When the head, when they show it from the side and the head mm-hmm. actually comes out of the painting, yes. like looking around. Oh and then gosh. giving that little smile to Dana. I was so freaking scared as a kid. And when he, even at the end, when he gets all crazy, when he's back in the painting, and then when he pops out and he's like messing with the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, that's just so, so, so crazy. And it's it does remind me a lot more of the real Ghostbusters kind of stories than yeah. the first one, obviously. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. I, I can definitely see that point where it, it matches more up with the cartoon, just with the villain and, and everything. No doubt. I I kid you not, I, the, the, uh, Vigo's little, um, well, what would you describe him as? Is it like curator? Cura- yeah. Curator? I don't know what the word would be. But Peter McNichol, Amandy Lord, yes, he was essentially not Balky, and <laughs> he. I thought I don't. I think I don't think he gets enough credit for being such a big part of that movie because he did a great performance. Oh, as dude. silly as it was, he did such a good job. The other scene that scared the living crap out of me was when he comes on the uh, to get the baby. When he's pushing yes, the carriage. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. my that freaked me out so much. Oh. Yeah. It just no, it that's, still kind of creeped me out. That <laughs> scene when I was a kid creeped me out so and again, I was sick. So you know, it was just frightening. A couple oh, years ago, I was taking uh, the boys to school and I saw a woman pushing a carriage that I thought was straight out of Ghostbusters 2. And the kid inside was sitting up like Oscar. And bald no. as can be. And I'm like, oh my, she's pushing Oscar. And that carriage is going to take off into the road in just a minute. I wanted to stop and like get a picture and put it up on Facebook or something. Just oh, to prove. Was... oh my God, it was so creepy. Oh. Just at One day I'm just driving. I'm like, what? <laughs> Did you just like lock the doors and say, all right, guys, you got to stay in here for like the next 20 minutes. I was <laughs> like, yeah, like something bad is going to happen. <laughs> Oh you know God. what? I also got to say this. 
the, you know, obviously at that point we had a lot more special effects that you could play with and CGI. The Scolari brothers in the um, the courtroom scene yeah. are my favorite. Other great. than oh, my favorite designs of a ghost that isn't you know Slimer or Stay Puffed. Those are my favorite designs. I love them in the electric chair and yeah. just oh my gosh, yes, I love this movie. I'm not finished, <laughs> Judge. Such a good movie. Yeah, and the soundtrack sure, right. is amazing. Yeah, I'll I'll get to it a little bit more. It's a little bit higher on my list, but uh, yeah, cannot include it in a top five. It's just impossible for 1989, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> all right, number five for me is my favorite in the Indiana Jones series, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. We're about to complete a great quest, the Holy Grail, Doctor Jones. Oh, rats. This is it. Look, the shield is the second mark. We found it. Indiana Jones is on the quest of a lifetime. But for some adventures, one Jones is not enough. Dad? Junior? Don't call me that, please. Follow me! I know the way! race across three continents and in this sort of race there's no silver medal for finishing second hang on dad we're going in into the homeland of the enemy nazis i hate these guys our situation has not improved it is search for the holy grail Me. Are you crazy? Don't go between them! Go between them! Are you crazy? Where's my father? In the belly of that steel beast. Dad! Junior! You call this archaeology? The quest for the grail is not archaeology. It's a race against evil. Germany has declared war on the Jones boys. Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad! It's a new experience for me. Happens to me all the time. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Have the adventure of your life. Keeping up with the Joneses. Really? Yeah. That's your uh, favorite. Love it. I'm, I'm pretty, sure, pretty sure I saw it in the theater... I think with my dad, I I didn't go to the movies a lot with him, but for some reason I can remember the ones that I I went to him with. But you know, let's, let's talk about a scene that just scared the living crap out of me is you know the end when uh, they're doing the the Grail drinking that of the Grail. You have chosen oh. unwisely, and um, he just turns to dust. That scene just ugh, just creeped me out. But I don't know. It's just my favorite. Uh, it, I think a lot of it has to do with Sean Connery. And, you know, of course, they're back with the Nazis. And mm-hmm. it had a lot of, I don't know, feeling, I guess, from the first one that you didn't get a lot of in the second one. Mm-hmm. And I'm not dissing the second one because when I do, do go back and watch them, when I watch the trilogy, I watch them, you know, all in order. And I, I, I love number two as well. But, was that 
Temple of Doom? Yeah, Is Temple that? of Doom. Okay. Um, okay. Number three, the, the Last Crusade, um, it was just so much fun. I love all the adventure and getting to, you know, just the, I, I don't know if it's just the religious artifacts that um, kind of appealed to me more going after than, you know, a couple mm-hmm. stones or aliens. <laughs> um <laughs> But it was great, uh, great cast, and I, I, just, I really don't know what to say about it other than I wish it would have been the last one, you know what I mean? Because they, they ride off in the sunset at the end, and you know now they've, they've done four, they're talking about doing a fifth one, and I'm like, <sighs> recast it. Let, him, let, it, let Indiana yes. be James Bond, okay? Yes. Recast him. And I let's agree. do something I else because I I didn't get a lot into the young adventures or the uh, you know the young Indiana Jones adventures chronicles I think it was um, yes I, I really need to do that a lot more I do have the you know the full collection and I usually watch the movies and I don't watch that the TV show uh, a whole lot but yeah I, I the third one I, I just thought was uh, was really great and. I, I watched the first one pretty early in the years of VHS, probably like the mid '80s, like mm-hmm. the like one of the first ones I actually saw on VHS, and that was scary in its own right. You know, the whole face melting thing. Oh but yeah, Last Crusade. I I don't know. I, it's just my favorite out of the series. What do you say about Indiana Jones? You know, again, it was huge in my household. My mom, my dad. You know, my brother, they, they all loved Indiana Jones. I was a fan of Indiana Jones. And I think that the movies were just tremendous action movies. Um, I, I got to be honest, I, I don't I don't really think I know that, you know, the idea of Sean Connery and uh, Harrison Ford in the same movie was a very big deal. But it, or at least in my household and obviously elsewhere, too. But I don't, I don't really remember seeing the movie as much as I do everybody talking about it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that year at the book fair when I was in kindergarten, I only got two books. And one of them was a Ghostbusters 2 uh, like storybook, and the other one was a um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So I definitely remember realizing what a pretty big deal it was, but I don't think I've gone back and watched it. Yeah. This year, I seem to remember this and some of the other ones that we've talked about being released at McDonald's on VHS. Yes. Yes. I think this was Mm -hmm. one of them. And it was just, it's weird to think about uh, being able to buy movies at McDonald's. (laughs) But you could back then. Yeah. I had a Wayne's World uh, VHS that you got from McDonald's. I think I also had uh, Adam's Family Stands Out as being another one that they Mm -hmm. released. Because I think they had their own special covers because it had the McDonald's logo. And I think that they had like a uh, intro from like Magic Johnson or something. Because I guess that some of the proceeds went to like Magic Johnson's AIDS Foundation or something. Hmm. That stands out. But yeah, no, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was definitely one of them. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go on to our number four picks. What you got? Okay. So this next one is going to be, uh, for me, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. 
His mother was a God-fearing woman. His birth was an unspeakable horror. Please don't let him do that! His life and death have been one incredible nightmare. But now all that is going to change because Freddy wants to become a daddy. Wanna make babies? What's wrong with me? You're just a little pregnant. Even if he has to adopt. No! Do unborn babies dream? When it comes to chills. It happened while I was awake. When it comes to screams. The part just start. When it comes to pure terror. Bone appetite. <laughs> no one delivers like Freddy. Better buckle up. A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. It's a boy! When it comes to terror, remember, Freddy knows best. Which is also the movie that introduced me to Freddy Krueger as a kid. And... <laughs> to no one's shock this is a movie that didn't really do too well because it was rushed so heavily that they didn't really have time to mature the idea that freddy krueger's nemesis from the previous movie alice was having a baby and freddy krueger was trying to get inside of alice to get control of the baby and as i say that i kind of realize why people <laughs> need it now um <laughs> It's it's it, it's it's the most insane of the Elm Street series. I think it's I I don't think that it's really been given. I'm biased because I love it so much, but I think that there's so much po- you know positives coming out of this movie. There's great death scenes. You know some of the my favorite characters there's a character in there that's like the awkward goofy comic book fan and i've always seen him as like my my spirit animal um <laughs> and there's a lot of fun lines i i love jokey freddy krueger i know a lot of people don't like you know once freddy started becoming that cartoon character kind of like serial salesman but i do but yeah this was a movie that has really become a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street fans' least favorite, but it's my favorite because if I hadn't seen it at like age seven or eight, whatever, whenever I saw it, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't really be a full-fledged horror fan the way I am now. You know, makes sense. I have not so. seen it. Sorry. <laughs> According to the internet, you're probably better off. So. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. All right, number four for me is Ghostbusters 2. Tonight on the ABC's Sunday Night Movie, something strange is in the neighborhood. Somebody get me the Ghostbusters. Now it's showtime. And who are you going to call? In the big time. Times Square Slime. For the second time. Yes, we're back. It's slime time. It looks like a giant jello mold. Dan Aykroyd. I hate jello. Bill Murray. Come on, there's always room for jello. Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, and Rick Moranis. Let's go. The second time is the best time. 
And now, the ABC Sunday Night Movie, Ghostbusters 2. Pretty sure I saw it in the theater. I'm like 99% sure I saw it in the theater. You know, from what we all talked about, those those moments, the, the Nintendo controller in the in the uh, Statue of Liberty, I love that. I mean, in a way, there was a lot of the first movie and this one with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and then you get the Statue of Liberty, which is actually a good character. But I think I quote Ghostbusters 2 more than I quote the first one. And the first one, I'm I'm pretty sure, was one of the, the earliest ones I saw in the movie theater. But it's weird because, like, you know, I talked about how eager I was to see Back to the Future 2. You know, Ghostbusters 1, mm-hmm. you know, there was no real continuation. And, you know, we got the cartoon series before we got, you know, a second movie. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know the whole history in between of the five years, you know, it took to, to put another one out. But it, I don't remember it being high on my radar at the time. Mm-hmm. But when it came out, you know, I was huge into Ghostbusters the first mm-hmm. time around. So it was just natural to latch onto this one. And, yeah, I, I quoted a lot. Um, Bill Murray, Peter Venkman, he's always been my favorite character. Oh, and wow. he's he's so many great lines in this one, you know, even talking to – Peter McNichol, that that whole scene when they first get to Vigo's painting, I absolutely uh-huh. love when he's the photographer and he's like, uh, all right, do, do crazy. Uh, give me angry. Ooh. <laughs> uh, what does he say? Uh, destroy me. Destroy me. Yeah. Destroy. And then, you know, I think uh, Ray comes over and is like, calm down, calm down. And he's like, I've had better, but not many. You know, it's Vigo. <laughs> that whole scene where he's, oh my gosh. That's just like gold to me. I loved it. Um, so, you know, the, when they're down, when they go down to the tunnel of slime, you know, and, and they're pretending uh-huh. they're the, uh, <laughs> the phone lines are over there. What's the matter with, you know, and boss, you know, when they're the, uh, you know, electrical workers there. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and then, I, I don't know, there's just so much, so much to love when they're messing mm-hmm. with the toaster with the slime, you yes. know, and then, and they're making it dance around, you're worth a piece of slime, and you know, they, they start going into all that stuff. I, I love it, I a, love it, and I, yeah. I, I can't put it above the original just because how much the original meant to me as a kid, and how I've gone back to the theater at least twice with my son to watch it re-released. Uh, I saw it right before the the Lady Ghostbusters came out, and then on the 30th anniversary, we went and watched it, too, in the theater. And if it comes around again, I'll probably be there. But oh, they'll probably. Just, just yeah. because I've got so much of a connection to the first one, I, I wouldn't put it above it, but it's right there. I, I love it equally as much. So... Man, you know, anybody that says it's crap or whatever, okay. You're wrong. Um, they ruined the first. That's just nonsense to me. But I don't understand how a single I have can... I still have my cassette single of On Our Own by Bobby Brown. Do you really? That's amazing. It's it's in my little display case right next to my Prince Bat Dance. <laughs> I have this right next to my desk. Nice. 
Nice the soundtrack. It's one of the few CDs. I never I've had heard. the I never had the full soundtrack. I just had that single and wore it out. Wore it out. That was. I'm sorry, but anyone who says that that song wasn't better and they, than the Parker song is full of it. <laughs> and they the music video they kind of oh, did the cameo yes. thing too, and it was so great. So uh, you know, I love the they're in the like Times Square or whatever, and he's up on the, the billboard singing. And, Showing it's, clips of the movie. It was great. Oh, yes. Uh, anyway, all right. Let's keep moving. we got to keep moving yep. here. We're up to our top three. I, I think I know yours. You probably know mine, but let's do, let's yeah. go ahead and reveal. What's your uh, number three pick? My number three pick is uh, a movie that I have championed for a couple years now on the internet. And it is the Fred Savage, Christian Slater, Bo Bridges classic, The Wizard. Two tickets to California, please. That's $226. Well, we only have $27.30. What does that get us? Nowhere. Corey's taking his brother Jimmy on a ride. These two boys already traveled more than 80 miles across the state. We've hired someone to find him. What's his problem? He's just shy. But Jimmy's got a secret. You got 50000 on Double Dragon? That could make this the ride of their lives. Look at him. He's a wizard. He's headed for the video championship. <laughs> this guy? What is that? Power glove. Yeah, well, uh, just keep your power gloves up for all right. With a touch of romance. I am not kissing a boy. And a ton of trouble. That's you. We're too late. Put me down! Sorry about that. They'll get there any way they can. Jimmy! Here we come! It's Jimmy! Come here! Now what do you think you're doing to him? All his life, you've been telling him to do what you want him to do. How about once you ask him what he wants to do, huh? Now, video Armageddon. It's going to take a lot of guts. You can do it! A little magic. You're the best! And the wizard, Fred Savage. The wizard. Now, this is a movie all about... They don't come out and say that he has, you know, autism or, you know, whatever. But they kind of say that he's... I, I forgot the exact terminology, but they, they kind of explain that he's been, he's got something like developmentally wrong with him. And he goes across the country playing video games so he can get to the universal studios for their video Armageddon, this big kind of Nintendo championship tournament. And essentially this movie was really created as a advertisement for Universal Studios and Nintendo, and essentially to reveal to us that we were getting Super Mario Brothers 3 in 1990. And this movie was, you know, not very well received, but if at the same time in 1989, if you're like my age, you're like six or seven, whatever, you didn't really care whether or not it was perfect cinema quite frankly it's not it's just a fun movie it's a fun kids movie i still love it 
it's it's still one of my favorites and it's very blatantly 1989 because every <laughs> every scene is just so incredibly 80s that it's ridiculous it, it, yeah there's probably a little nostalgia in i realize as i say that yeah there's a little nostalgia in it for me as i because i just said it, it it's all 80s but i do love this movie there's a big charm about it i do love the family aspect and I, 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 I do love the Nintendo. I love the Universal Studios. I love the corniness of it. And the best part is there's so many scenes in this movie that Christian Slater clearly doesn't know where he is. Because there's there's some there's a couple scenes where he's kind of just looking off in the corner and he's just like, I, I don't know what I signed up for. I, I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing here. I really don't. <laughs> But oh, yeah, man. I love this movie. It's it's my favorite. It's up there with GI Joe the movie as my and technically Masters of the Universe, I suppose, as my favorite like childhood movie. You know, I I love this movie. Everything cool. about it. That's cool. I watched it. I remember renting it. Um, I remember catching it on cable, probably within the last like four or five years. Uh-huh. Um. And we haven't had cable in a while, so I was probably like on one of the the I don't know CW or one of those <laughs> networks that was showing it, and I remember getting sucked into it. And uh, do they actually play Super Mario Three at the yes. end? Okay, yes. that's what I was remembering mostly about the movie is the tournament at the end and mm-hmm. the aura of Super Mario Brothers Three at the time. So I, I like I didn't watch it when it first came out, or even probably when Super Mario Three hit. Uh-huh. So I never had that connection really with the movie, and I was a Sega guy too. Uh, oh, well, yeah, see, there yeah, you I, go. I said the S word. I'm sorry. If, um, if it was a Sega movie, this would have been. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> no, but I'm not going to poop on it at all because, right. again, it's just like the burbs for me when you watch it as a kid. And it just, yes. it's, it's lasted with you all through the years. What can you say? What can you say? Ex- so yeah, exactly. It's fun. I know a lot of people that are in your corner on this movie that just love it. So yeah, <laughs> good pick. Good pick. Thank you. Um, number three for me is back to the future part two. Back to the future part two. Let's get this. Yeah, let's get this. We've only rented it about, oh, a dozen times already. But it's got all that adventure and all that magic. Plus, it's got Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. But what does this previously viewed sticker mean? That means you can buy a previously viewed video cassette at a low price and add it to your home library. Okay, let's buy it. Yeah! Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future Part 2. Bring home your copy today. Like I said before, it was... I, I could not wait for this thing to come out. It felt like a decade between the movies because I watched it. I I didn't watch the first one in the theater. I believe it was a rental and I remember renting it many, many times and getting to that end scene when doc pulls up and they take off, you know, we don't, there's not enough room to go 88 miles an hour (laughs) where we're going. We don't need roads, you know, (laughs) that end scene in to be continued, those three little words, Oh my God, I just wanted more. They're, they're going to the future. So <laughs> fast forward to 89 when it comes out. I lived in a uh, small town and our theater only had two shows at a time. There's only two theaters in there. It was an old converted theater 
you know, the the crazy velvet curtains and the smelly, you know, musty smell in there. It was probably unclean by any health inspector standards, but <laughs> we only had two. So it's one of the, it might be the only movie I remember getting in line, the movie coming, the line coming out of the theater down the street. There was one storefront right next to the Ritz and then down an alley and we got in line in the alley and it was sold out before we could get there. Me and my buddy. So we we had to call. I think we called our parents from a payphone and told them that the first movie was was sold out. And we just hung out for like two hours until oh the gosh. nine o'clock showing. And they let us go to the nine o'clock showing because we had wanted to see it so so bad. So the second showing that night was when we finally got to see the movie. And we just hung around in downtown for like two hours doing nothing. His his uh, I think it was a grandfather had a had a, a house down there. We might have went to his place for a while, but I just remember kind of hanging out downtown, doing nothing, waiting for the next movie to come after the first one ended because we were so excited to see it. And let me tell you, man, not mind blown, mind blanked, or mm-hmm. <laughs> walking out of that theater. Walking out of that theater, I'm like. What just happened? I couldn't follow, you know, when they when they meet the dude in 55 with the letter and the alternate 85. Mm-hmm. And that movie just went so many directions. And to try to suck it in, if you've watched that movie for the first time and got everything that they were throwing at you, you're a freaking genius. <laughs> because I just remember being like, I got to go watch it again. Just to understand everything, mm-hmm. so just out there, and it was, uh, and it's not really a criticism, but it was just the way that they the puzzle came together was so hard to follow at the end. But just the fact, you know, you got uh, <laughs> Strickland. We talked about this. He plays like the same oh, character gosh. in the universe Strickland. that he does in the alternate eighty five with the shotgun, you know. And, <sighs> Oh my gosh, he really uh, does. (laughs) But um, there's just so much to love about the second one. Not just the future parts, but the alternate 85 and uh, just how they, you know, he sends Marty in the future and here he is running back. I'm I'm back from the future and Doc faints, you know, and you're like, how? 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 I don't understand. My mind cannot compute this. So Um, much. So I, it was just a total mind-blowing movie for me uh-huh. as a 13-year-old. And I could not wait then to continue the series. And my favorites are probably in order. I, I like the original probably the best and the second and uh-huh. the third. But, wow, it just blew my mind. And, I, I again, thinking now of how they – coming up with the future and Jaws Part mm-hmm. 19 and the whole <laughs> – all that stuff. I mean, there's so many great little jokes like that that they added in there. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it's definitely top three for me for 89. So, good. so I think we might have the same movies as our top two. We'll see. Um, I, we'll see which way you went here, but, uh, what's your number two? I think my number two is probably going to be your number one. And, Spoiler, if you know me, it's uh, probably vice versa. My number two is also 
one of my all-time favorite comedies, and it's Christmas Vacation. Tis the season to be jolly, la 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 After vacationing across America and throughout Europe, take it, Russ. This holiday season, the Griswolds are going to play it safe. Clark, we're stuck under a truck! Oops. They're staying at home. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry. Got a little knot here. You can work on that. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Have you got a kiss for me? Eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but... Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> ah, I'm really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. More truly uplifting. Can I show you something? I was just blouse browsing. Or more down to earth. If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. <laughs> then Christmas with the Griswolds. Everybody come out quick, look at the lights! They want you to say grace. I pledge allegiance to the flag. Of the United States of America. This year, let Chevy Chase light up your holidays. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That thing had nine lives. She just spent them all. <laughs> you woo, crack up. Without a doubt, my favorite of the National Lampoon movies, my favorite Chevy Chase movie, and my favorite Christmas movie. This is a movie that if I don't see during the Christmas season, you need to extend that season for another month because it is not Christmas until I see this. This movie is a movie that all these years later, 30 years later, I can still watch and laugh hysterically. I mean, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin with this. We have so much Christmas vacation memorabilia, and we use it as our decorations. My wife loves it. She doesn't love it as much as I do. But this is just one of those movies that's like a big comfort. And, like, I can watch it all year round. And it just uh, – you and I are both huge, huge Christmas people. <laughs> and it just it makes you want Christmas to, it makes you want to get Christmas going even quicker you know it, it just I, I don't know where to be how to really process how much I love this movie but for me it, there's I know so many people love uh, Christmas Story I know people love uh, you know Home Alone is my number two as far as like Christmas movies like but this is just, this cannot be touched you know, it, it's it's just I, I still like, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, all the lines you use. 
from Uncle Buck. I use my wife and I go, you know, back and forth. You know, why is the carpet wet, Todd? I don't know, Marco. We do that all the time. It, it it doesn't matter what time of year. My love for this movie is just, I just gosh, I, I, I think there's only one fan bigger than me when it comes to this movie, and I'm talking to him. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get into that. We're going to get but, into it right now, because I did take it as my number two as well. Did you really? I did. <gasps> Listen, it took me probably three days to figure out number one and number two on this list. I, and I, I took it I, I took it number two, I think mainly because of the following the merch, the yes. everything has happened later than mm-hmm. when the movie hit. And yes. it's it's more of it grew it's more of like a cult it was almost like a cult classic or a cult movie first uh, yes. and through the nineties and then it has kind of taken off in the last like I don't know, 10, 15 years. Oh, yeah. Just over the top with the merchandise and everything. Oh, my gosh. And it's, it's, it's insane to think that it wasn't as well received as it is, or at it least really was. Uh, yeah. as it was back in the day. And, you know, I think that some people kind of are either in denial of that or they kind of forget that it, at first, it, like you said, it, I want to say it wasn't building steam until probably um, I'd probably say until like maybe late nineties if definitely the early two thousands, especially that's around the time they started doing like the moose mugs. Oh gosh. Do you remember when they first started? Like there was an independent company. Yeah. They they, like uh, a company was created just to make like moose mugs and merch. Cause because there was no like official, I can't remember who made the movie. It's Warner Brothers or whoever, but Warner mm-hmm. it um, there was nothing. There's no like Absolutely. official soundtrack release, for goodness sake. Yeah, and it's weird that it's just become more of a fan funded yes. movie yes. over the years because we yeah. want you know who is going to go pay three hundred dollars for a Tasmanian Devil mug on eBay? It's us crazy okay. people. From National Lampoon's, I'm I'm not doing it. But what I'm, I'm saying is, either. how can you get to that point of a stupid <laughs> Tasmanian Devil mug being that coveted and by a fan like base? It's... And it has nothing to do with the. I mean, it's just in the movie, just so you can carry it around and like two seconds. Tell people to kiss my ass, kiss your ass, kiss his ass, Happy Hanukkah. That's the only way you could do it. You know, it it makes no sense, but. A thousand percent everything you said. The quotes, my God, the quotes. Mm-hmm. I turned, for those of you who are not friends with me on Facebook, this happened uh, soon after I started on Facebook. For some reason, I've never really put a picture of myself as my profile picture. And <laughs> early on, probably two years after I joined Facebook, which has probably been at least a decade now, I've turned Sounds myself right. into Clark Grosswald. <laughs> At the turn of uh, Thanksgiving, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, my profile picture, and I just throw quotes out randomly as they come to me. And Every day. Um, be- I turn myself into Clark Griswold <laughs> for a month and a half on Facebook every year. Oh, my God. And I first saw this as a rental. It wasn't – I didn't no. see it in the theater. Yeah. 
I saw it as a rental. It kind of stuck with me uh, a, a couple scenes in particular, <clears throat> swimming pool. Um, but <laughs> oh there's uh, <laughs> there's just so much to love. I love all of the grandparents. Um, <gasps> Bethany. And Bethany. Oh, my gosh. gosh. There's so much. I, I can pretty much, if you're a fan of the movie, you can watch it with me. If you're not a fan of the movie, you cannot watch it with me because I just quote it. Oh gosh, I will so quote I. the entire movie as I'm watching it. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm still laughing at the craziness. <laughs> I got to tell you. Mary, well, that's my name. <laughs> Is Leslie still at the Navy? <laughs> I mean, this is, oh, oh, my gosh. It's definitely transcended Christmas because they start showing it in October before Halloween. And that's even a little bit early for me. Because I, I like to I get, get it, I like to it to be the first one that I watch if I can. Yes. Because I have to wait until that calendar turns to Black Friday before uh-huh. I start watching Christmas. I, I, I try to keep that a tradition at least. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it don't. But that movie oh. being played in October on cable just tells you so much about it that oh people just want to watch it. They don't care what time of year it is. They don't care if it's in the middle of Halloween season. Give me Christmas vacation. <laughs> yes, we want that. I got to tell you, I got to tell you two things. First off, um, I have two really, and I'll, I'll try to speed through them. Back in 2002, we actually got a squirrel stuck in our <laughs> chimney in our basement. <laughs> And I kid you, there are photos of me trying to get it out with a uh, like a broom, and my brother got a bunch of welding gear for me to get uh, like chase after. And it took us two and a half hours to get the squirrel out of our basement. And then afterwards, my mom says, "This is like in Christmas Vacation. This is a great way to start off our uh, Christmas season." I'm like, "Are you serious, mom? Really?" Did it make and, a funny um, squeaky sound? <laughs> we. <laughs> My wife's parents actually gave us a little um, squeaky squirrel to put in our tree every year, and nice. we still do it. Nice. Um, I got to tell you, I started watching this movie Thanksgiving night. I started doing that tradition around 2003, and that's a tradition I have to have. I, I didn't do it last year, and that's okay. It didn't ruin my Thanksgiving. didn't ruin my Christmas. That's okay. But like that is a tradition – that like i just hold dear like that uh, right after thanksgiving dinner it's christmas time i'm putting on christmas vacation we're putting up the tree if it's not up already and uh, we're watching it and the funny thing is the first thanksgiving i came up you know i I used to be in a long distance relationship with my now wife the first thanksgiving um i came up here we're staying at my wife's my sister-in-law we're staying at her house, my now sister-in-law, and it's, I think, the night after Thanksgiving. And she says to me, Chad, do you like um, Christmas vacation? And I'm like, come on, seriously? And my wife still just, she dreads the pool scene because <laughs> when Eddie came out on the pool, on the diving board, <laughs> I laughed so hard, I almost just just passed out. And she's just like, what did I get myself into here? <laughs> This movie just, oh, it's just, oh, yeah. it's so great. I finally got myself a moose mug this year. The first time I've got a Did moose you? mug. Yeah, yes. it, I had a uh, a 40% off coupon at 
Bed Bath Beyond, and it came home with me that night. <laughs> we found two on clearance at Target. Actually, probably, uh, I'd probably say a week after Christmas, which that never happens. Never happens. But we found two, and we have two in our cupboard right next to the Mr. Narwhal from Elf. And I got to tell you, if, if you're like a big ice cream sundae fan and you put ice cream sundae in those moose mugs, phew, perfect. Even better. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I could, I could like again. We could do a whole podcast on it, but um, I think they have to this year. Let's uh, let's put a cap on this as far as our list goes, and uh, announce our what I think is our mutual number one. I um, think it will. I'm kind of hinted at it with my T-shirt tonight. If you can, uh, I did notice the T-shirt. It's Batman. It is Batman. Gotham City. Nice outfit. You look fine. I didn't ask. I have given a name to my pain. What are you? I'm Batman. My life is really ah! complex. Winged freak terrorizes. Wait till they get a load of me. And I'm grabbing a visual aid to kind of show you two great things that I have in my collection. First off, I have the official Joker makeup kit from 1989. Nice. This has not been opened, but trust me, it's tempting. Nice. And of course, the Batman uh, the serial. Nice. Oh my and gosh. And it's wrapped with the uh, figure. Yup, the bank. And actually, the there's bank. a little yeah. There's a tear here. And it, it's making me cry. Wow. It, it's not the most rare cereal in the world, but it's just so beautiful. I love the box. Okay. Let's oh talk about gosh. this movie. How are we going to really dive into this movie? <laughs> I don't know. I we... was trying to remember. I, I obviously saw it in the theater, but I didn't have a specific memory of going to see it in the theater. Uh-huh. The, the the memories that I have, like I said, I ha- I bought the, the Bat Dance single. Because single. <laughs> Sure. And I went to Boy Scout camp that year, and I snuck in my tent a battery-operated single-speaker boombox with a cassette player just to listen to that. 
we're camp we are camping and i brought that and my scout master like confiscated it on the first day i was like oh my whole week is ruined here at camp i can't listen to prince that is a very specific memory i have very and very specific i didn't get into the the animated series right away really but, but the um yeah i didn't watch it until i didn't watch the whole thing until like 2 years ago when it came to uh-huh. amazon and i just went i just went through the whole series uh-huh. but um the lasting impact of the score the soundtrack the danny elfman theme and how it carried into the animated series and that's just, mm-hmm. you know, all of the commercial, even like the cereal commercials had it in it. Uh, the cereal. The adventure continues. Now with Batman, the cereal. And nothing can slow him down. Nothing can stop him from bringing it to you. It's here. A smashing taste. Honey Nut Flavored, part of your complete breakfast. Batman Cereal. Oh, that soundtrack is just so great. That was another thing that just kind of boosted this to the top for me, was the score and the, you know, the Prince soundtrack. Because um, there's there's a lot more songs I didn't really get into until later on that soundtrack that... You know, or in the movie, obviously, but oh, it's such a great album. So many ulterior things surrounding that movie, other than just the the film itself, which was just awesome. Oh my gosh! That just impacted the whole like pop culture. It was pop culture for that whole summer and beyond. Absolutely. Do you have a specific memory seeing it in the theater? I didn't get to see it in the theater. Um, mm-hmm. At that time, my parents were a little on. They weren't sure whether or not that they wanted to let me see this movie so early, so they were actually going to see it themselves. And I, I, that was a movie that I, I was, I mean, obviously I wanted to see it because it's Batman, and my dad was a huge Batman fan, so he may have seen it in the theater. I don't know, but I know when the movie came to VHS, yeah, all of us saw it. I don't remember if it's before or after my dad died, but. I would have loved to have seen that in the theater with him. I got to tell you this. When I say that, Jason, this is my favorite movie of all time, but it's not just because of the movie. It's because this movie was such a huge event of my life, of everybody's life. Everything became Batman. Everything had a bat logo. I mean, this is, when you think of a blockbuster, you think of Batman 89, the summer of Batman, the summer yeah. of 89. What? And it even lasted for. Yeah, it was in the theater forever. Years. I mean, yeah. the, the impact that Batman had. Then we had all these, you know, superhero movies. We had Dick Tracy. We had Rocketeer. We had so many, you know, yeah. kind of trying to, you know, cash in on that Batman craze. But nothing touched it. I mean. Yeah, it was by far the most successful superhero thing uh oh my gosh you know you think of like the hulk you know tv series in the 70s the the original superman movies like one and two somewhat three um had a pretty big impact on me 
mm-hmm. the uh the the 60s Batman series and reruns I watched a ton yeah so between see that's and this is why I, I and I never got into comic books as a kid so this is why like DC I've been a fan of DC more than anything else is because those things right there the the uh the Superman movies and then the Batman series in the 60s rerun on WPIX mm-hmm. every afternoon from <laughs> when I came home from school. Oh, wow. Those had a really lasting impact. And, you know, back then as a kid, you don't care who they're going to cast. It's Batman. You're going for the character. You're not, you know, right. I, I find that the, the you know, the, everything leading up to there, the criticism of you know, who they chose for the actor and everything and how that came about. That's really interesting to me, but you did not care when you're 13 years old in 1989 going to see Batman. And it just really launched Batman as my favorite superhero character, even more so than than the 60s uh, series did. So, yeah, that, that kind of impact just beyond the commercial value of it and mm-hmm. how much it made and all the merchandise and all that. Man, it just there's a huge there's a huge post right there in 1989 in, in superhero history. I mean, my gosh! And you know, you were talking about the the the, the 60 show. I, I mean, I think to this day, kids are going to be watching that 60s series, and there a lot of them are probably going to be, you know, that that's. I mean, you know, Batman's more widely available now, but I have to imagine somewhere that's probably someone's gateway into Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, this was not the 60s by any but, means. No, no. It was like a dose of reality. Like, it was real. Yeah. Because you think of that show and how cheesy it is and just the, uh, you know, yeah, he still had the utility belt and, yeah. and the, the Batmobile and all that, but he's... You know, there's machine guns on the on the Batmobile. Oh my gosh, um, the 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 Batmobile alone just looked incredible and blew that other one from the '60s out of the water. I'm sorry, yeah. still my favorite Batmobile. And uh, I mean, the Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne was fantastic. And there's not a lot of people that get Bruce Wayne and Batman right. Like, you know, you you might have someone who gets Bruce Wayne right and Batman wrong or vice versa. But he had it right. He, he, he made Batman intimidating. You know, um, he made Bruce Wayne very unassuming. And, you know, to others. It's just, it was so yeah. good. And Jack Nicholson is the Joker to this day. I don't care what people say. He is the greatest Joker I've ever seen in my entire life. He, yeah. he oh, I love this movie. Yeah. Like, I have seen this movie well over a hundred times in my lifetime. And here, hold on real quick, because i got to show you this in the background. Do you see that? I do. <laughs> so that's actually a promo from a video store. My oh, wife nice. got that for me for our fifth anniversary, I believe. But this is my favorite movie. And yeah. The, the logo? Do you remember the first time you saw that logo? Yeah, well, that, I mean, that was just the poster. The poster. Oh, my gosh. The, the, a lot of the, you know, advertisements in newspapers and magazines mm-hmm. was just the logo. That's all you needed. That's all you needed. That's you didn't all you need needed. Anyone's faces. All it said was Nicholson, Keaton, Batman. That's, And it got people's imaginations. I don't think 
if you weren't around back then, it's kind of hard to equate what would be on that level these days. Like I, I, you know, I worked at a movie theater last year before I moved on to another job. And I got to tell you, as popular as like an infinity war was, or as popular as, you know, a Deadpool or, you know, we were expecting solo to be a much bigger deal. It's so hard to explain to those who didn't live in that time, how huge this was. And this, like I said, it was not a movie. This was an event. This was like a milestone in comic books movies in general like i i just there's you know maybe there's a few things in the movie i change like the wayne manor party but you know it it it, for the most part i I will always love this movie like and it's i i I thought ben affleck did great as batman looking back i'm not as big on christian bale as batman i thought george clooney was terrible I thought Val Kilmer was good as Bruce Wayne and Batman, but nobody's coming close to Michael Keaton for a very long time. Yeah, I back you up on those choices. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even though it got crazy, you know, with uh, Batman and Robin, I I like Batman Forever. I remember that being a almost like a, that the same yeah. event um, in my high school years, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it it's just set the precedent um that's been top maybe a couple times like you said with some of the Avengers stuff. The first mm-hmm. Avengers probably maybe yeah. uh was uh, it probably an equal event. But yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's just it is so hard to describe without being there and and yeah. knowing the impact and people going to the movie theater every weekend. That oh summer, gosh. you know, it was in the I'll, theater forever. I'll tell you, I went, um, here's how big Batman was and how big its impact was. When Batman Returns came out, I went to um, the theater, packed house. I think it was opening weekend. I don't think it was opening day. It may have even been a week later. I remember being in the theater. It was packed. People were sitting in the aisles because they wanted to see how they were going to follow this up. You're not going to get that now. I mean, for many reasons, but people were sitting in the aisle. They were they were probably sneaking in. But to see this movie and to see what they how they were going to top themselves, Batman 89 set such a high standard for movies in general. Yeah. And. You know, I think that the one movie that comes to mind in terms of hype is Star Wars Episode One, which, again, if you weren't around for that, which we're celebrating 20 years this year, I think that that's probably the closest we have in like maybe the last 30 years since Batman. But yeah, even then, I, I, I just nothing comes close to Batman for me. Nothing. Yeah, it's definitely up there on my all time favorites as well and wow it, uh, what a what an apex to this to 89 <laughs> i mean it's just uh you, you know you think about the box office numbers we just read earlier mm-hmm. it beat the number two movie by 50 million it made 250 but the next one didn't even break 200 indiana mm-hmm. jones 
So, I mean, it was just uh, so, so much on another level, on so many levels, <laughs> if that may even makes sense. All right, well, let's put a, a, a cap on this show. We've gone uh, with this extended edition. This has been great, man. Gosh, <laughs> so many great movies. Let's just go through our honorable mention list uh, kind of quick if we can. Sure. I, I literally just have really one honorable mention. Because okay. like I said, this was hard to pick. But only one. Re- I I had Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. was the one that I had the hardest time figuring out. And in fact, it lost out to uh, 976 Evil. But it, it wasn't not an easy choice. I loved Bill and Ted as a kid. I lo- I believe it or not, I actually liked the sequel more. Um, <laughs> I loved the toys. I thought the cartoon was, you know, okay. I had cereal. Cereal was terrible. But, you know, <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is such a fun movie that to this day I still find myself, you know, if I'm eating ice cream, I say, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got a uh, Circle K gas stations around. So how can you not, you know, yes. strange things are afoot at the Circle K every time you fill up. You mean yes. it is? It's yeah. a great one. It was on my honorable mentions list. Definitely, it was. Sure. I don't remember seeing it in the theater. It was more of a rental in the nineties. That was the same with um, me too. Saw many times. It, so that you don't have any more on your honorable mentions. Not really. I okay. Mean, uh, Uncle Buck would have been, you know, but I, I mean, Bill and Ted was the main one. Okay. I'm going to zip through these. Most of these were like rental standards in the okay. 90s for me. Weekend at Bernie's. I almost put that in my top 10. I oh, loved wow. that movie so much. I, and <laughs> it was just one of those things. I don't know how it's just weird. And it's fun at the same time, uh, a little morbid, but uh, I don't know what it is. Very 80s, very, I don't know. I love Weekend at Bernie's. That's a podcast for another day. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I had Karate Kid 3 there. Like I said, saw it in the theater, definitely above number two. Uh One that I watched that I... I remember renting many, many times, and I still need to go back and revisit it because it's been a while, but absolutely loved, is a movie called Three Fugitives with Martin Short and um, Nick Nolte. And it's about this guy and his little daughter. He tries to rob a bank because he's out of money, and Nick Nolte is this dude just released from jail, and he happens to be at the bank, and they Martin Short takes him hostage... <laughs> And nobody can believe that he's in on it. James Earl Jones plays the police chief. And it's just this movie of them trying to avoid the cops and get their lives straightened out. Um, Mm -hmm. Nolte gets shot in the leg and they have nowhere to go but this veterinarian. Oh my God. It's just, I, I remember just watching and loving that movie in the early 90s and renting it over and over. Have you seen it? Never heard the, of it. Uh, oh my gosh, it is it is I'm writing great. It down. I've got to I've got to revisit it soon. I might just go out and buy it like on Google Play or something. <laughs> Love the Three Fugitives. Major League talked mm-hmm. about it briefly. One of the first rated R movies. So many great lines in that <laughs> movie. Uh, but Joe Boo. <laughs> Isn't that what he says? <laughs> yes. 
Uh, hey, bartender, I think Jobu needs a refill. Yeah. <laughs> so, gets hit with the bat. Yeah. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I remember mm-hmm. watching that one in the theater, that being a pretty big deal. Everybody loves yes. the shrinking aspect. Yes. I don't know what it is about sh- shrinking stuff, but it's, I, I could make a movie tomorrow about, I don't know, a sneaker shrinking and an ant putting it on, and people would just go watch it. Um, that I don't know what it is. For me I've, and my family too, and to the point that was such a favorite of so many people that for how long did Disney have that in uh, as a uh, attraction? Yes. At universe at, at Disney World at uh, Epcot. It was at Epcot, Epcot thank you. and um, I remember we, we we actually went to Disney on a honeymoon. It was MGM Studios. I'm I'm thinking actually it was Epcot because no, we no, went no, no, there. No, Right, they had a um, attraction with like a a, a, a movie. It was a, it was a 4D theater. Yes. Yes, and then they also had like the little playground with um all like they had the Cheerio and the ant and the shoe. Yeah. So they had yeah. two things, and that was running that for a been, long yeah. time. Yeah, very very long time. I was I was mad, and they've got rid of a lot of stuff there at Disney oh. Universal. But anyway, yes, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Bill and Ted. We mentioned Turner and Hooch. I rented that one so many times. Tom Hanks, where he's the cop and messing with the the junkyard dog, you know, that he kind of inherits and almost becoming his partner to solve a murder, you know, mystery. The Dream Team. Have you seen The Dream Team with Michael Keaton? I remember watching that one a lot. That one's just bizarre and crazy and... Michael Keaton at his crazy. He, he's another level of crazy beyond. Let's get nuts and Batman in that one. You know, he's just uh, in uh, the dad from Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, Peter Peter Boyle. Peter yes Peter, Peter Boyle. Boyle. Yep. He's in Lloyd that. And, uh, Christopher Lloyd is in that. Uh, oh, it's so under from Animal House. Very under. Yes, very very underrated. Very mm-hmm. underrated comedy, the dream team. That's one of Michael Keaton's most Michael Keaton performances. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Very well said. <laughs> uh, just a few more that I remember watching. Uh, we still watch Prancer every year. I have to watch that one for, during the Christmas time with uh, Mr. Mustache. God bless. What is his name? Sam Elliott. That's a great Christmas movie. One of my wife's favorites. Uh, we oh, watch wow. that every year. Uh, I do remember watching Look Who's Talking, renting that one quite mm-hmm. a bit. I have not watched it probably since the 90s and have really no desire to. But yeah. for what it's worth, it was it was a hit back in the day. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Another very underrated John Candy movie, Who's Harry Crumb? I remember renting that one. And there's a specific scene that I, I won't go into on this podcast that uh, intrigued me as a teenage boy. Um, oh, <laughs> it's geez. very un- very underrated. Mm-hmm. Not it, it wasn't. It's, it's not going to get ever get to the level of a you know Uncle Buck and, and some of those movies, The Great Outdoors for me. But it's still got some funny parts in it, and it's John sure. Candy. Come on. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Fred Savage, how about Little Monsters? I remember watching that one quite a bit as a rental. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howie Mandel, we go into the bed, and there's that whole monster realm, you know. Been years since I watched that. I, I didn't actually see that until a couple years ago. And 
I was just like, I, again, it was like you with um, the burbs. I, I did. I, I feel like I saw it way too late, you know, in life to truly appreciate it. Yeah. But, but I will say this: a lot of people have said and made like speculation that 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 was essentially the closest to a of a, a my pet monster theatrical movie that we could get and i'm like okay i can appreciate that i guess it it kind of creeped me out i remember after watching it and and not wanting to go near or underneath my bed just (laughs) because of that movie Uh and it to me i I had again i haven't watched it in years but it seems more monsters inc to me than yes than anything so i i need to go back and revisit it from that perspective and see if it was really was like the Monsters Inc. before that ever came along, but oh yeah, I that kind of that kind of rounds out my honorable mentions. There's a few more on there. I'm just gonna we'll leave on there, and for the sake of time, uh, we've we've definitely extended this episode of quite a bit. But oh my gosh, man, this was so much fun. So many oh, great God. films in '89. Tremendous. Thank you so much, man, for coming on. Hey, thank you. It was a real pleasure. And uh, we'll, we'll continue the trend. I'm looking forward. We can come up with some other things uh, this year to discuss, Chad, uh, maybe en- encompassing the whole decade like we've done before with the toy lines and oh, yes. some other things um, so we don't have to wait another year to do movies again. <laughs> but sure. it's so much fun. I'm, I, I knew this year we are going to have a lot that, that kind of mirrored – was kind of surprised we did have two and one exactly the same, but that for the most part, surprise. still out of a, a list of ten, we still had some ones in there that didn't even make honorable mentions on the others sure. list. Oh, so yeah. I just love our choices and how they they kind of uh, fill in the gaps from what we've actually seen and, and love. So anyway, appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Please go subscribe to us and, and you can find Chad on Twitter at Horror Movie Barbecue, HorrorMovieBBQ.com. Go follow him there. Check out his blog. And uh, I'm at RD80s on Twitter. Send us your list, man. If you've got a, 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 if 89 was one of those years like it was for us, send us your top 10. We'd love to see that, tag us in that, and, uh, and kind of keep the conversation going. Uh, with Rankum. But uh, for Chad, this is Jason. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time on Rankum. Wrap up the holidays with the perfect gift. Give them what they want. The movie of the decade. Who's this guy? The smash hit of the season. I'm Batman. Can somebody tell me what kind of world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat It's all of my press? Batman on video cassette. The gift you want to give. The gift they want to get. Specially priced at stores everywhere.